0: All right. <laughs> the whiskey bros, your source for hey. all everything. Y'all ready? Wine. Boys, let's go. ready. Now. Okay, let's go. We're
1: going. Here we
2: are. Let's go. Oh. All right. I have an illness. The only
0: Oh my like, I'm it. I got a feeling. Need some more cowbell. I mean, talk about cow I just say some uh, jack in mm-hmm. <laughs> the crack tacos. Told myself I was never going to do that again. The last time I did it, why would you tell Doesn't yourself that? If that? And
1: the last time you did it was probably right here.
0: Because mm-hmm. it's god awful. You know, it's it's really bad for you. <laughs> Tastes okay? so good though. I don't. Why is it that it, the bad things taste so good? I don't know. It's what it's the shit they fry them in. True. That's what I think. Seed
1: oils. Yeah. Canola, safflower. Uh, uh, what else soybean. Yeah, just regular vegetable. vegetable oil. I like how the, the vegetable oil yeah. is like this broad sweeping umbrella of like it could be any veggie. Yeah. It's just mm. vegetable oil.
0: So last week was probably like the third week where every week I try to do a uh, sci- self-scientific study. Mm-hmm. And so I'll take Monday through Friday and I'll just say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm see how well I can do it. Well, last week was like third week I was like, okay, I'm going to try to avoid seed oils Monday through Friday just okay. to kind of see if it changes how I feel. And or I think it most definitely does. Okay. Okay. But what I learned is that shit is in everything. Every everything. <laughs> everything. Yes. everything. So. Uh Hellman's mayonnaise, <laughs> I I was a Hellman's mayonnaise identifier, mm-hmm. okay? So some people would be like, okay, I'm gay. But no, <laughs> I'm, I was a Hellman's mayonnaise dude I, from the day I was born. Okay. You know, like yeah. my, my family would wipe Hellman's mayonnaise in my mouth. Died in the wool, as they would yes, say. Yes, yeah. died in the wool. And yeah, that shit. Not anymore, huh? It, soybean oil. Yeah. You're yeah. Still mm-hmm.
2: gonna, you're still going to eat it.
0: Yeah. So I actually made my own mayonnaise this time, uh-huh. this go around. Well, so well, it's see. also
1: um, in formula, baby formula. I like guess somebody yeah. that's approaching maybe the, the peak of the breastfeeding part and looking into what we're going to feed her until she gets into solid foods. Formulas are filled with uh, vegetable and seed oils. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're just binders or filler or
0: what, but the shit is everywhere. Well, they they have to put a fat in there because uh, <clears throat> breast milk is one of the fattiest substances as far as milks yeah. go and and in order to mimic that they add a fat That's, well but, best to add a pufa
1: you uh, know what a pufa yeah, is? Um,
0: a polyunsaturated fatty acid right because we were told... Do I get a round were... of applause for that? Good are job. You, are you impressed yeah. with me or what? Hit your sound <laughs> button that claps. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. that
2: thing that you use in the shower to wash off with. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's a loofah. That's <laughs> a loofah. <laughs>
1: right,
0: but before we get any
1: further, we've got to introduce yeah. our guest today. Oh, yeah. He came all the way down from Chicago oh, wow. to be a part of the show. <laughs> I'm not related to him whatsoever by marriage Chicago. at all. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you want to you take back some good old firearms with you? Yeah. <laughs> no, we lost all those. Yeah. Oh, he will also I didn't say them. we had. I'm not just him if he wanted to take some with <laughs> he's
1: actually going to take some back with him. I'll yeah. explain that later on. But uh, we have Chris Maurer with us, um, and awesome. uh, he's going to be talking with mo- probably you mostly. But um, your background is in bio-mechanical.
0: biomechanical
3: engineering. Awesome, fantastic. That's awesome. What
0: the hell is that?
3: <laughs> Two things that I thought of before that the Helmans. I'm mm-hmm. curious, though, because I know there's Helmans with olive oil. Yeah, I have not right? looked at that, but <laughs> maybe right. Is it just olive oil, though? Well, that's, I don't know. I just know that I've noticed on the since he mentioned Hellman's, mm-hmm. we love mayonnaise ourselves in yeah. Chicago. You have to have enough fat to keep yourself warm in those winters, right? <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> but, I mean, um, no you know, doubt.
3: It's cold down but here, But I just found it interesting that you'd have Hellman's, and then why would you bother to market Hellman's with olive oil it, it is a if different, it didn't mean there's not other... It other, is a different flavor because we have yeah. junk in it. It, it does, it, yeah. okay. Yeah. We're going to get back to you on that. Or if you know, feel free to yeah. call the doc line. Oh, yep. well, we've got them introduced. Five, 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 five. We've got them introduced. Other thing I noticed, uh, we eat a lot of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. But if you look at peanut butter, yeah, I assume it would be peanuts, peanut oil. Yeah. Some. But now if you look at a lot of times, it'll be marked, may include safflower oil, sunflower, sunflower seed oil,
1: and or cotton oil. seed oil, yeah.
3: and it lists all these. And it comes down, I think, to the point where... It's a commodity at that point. What's the cheapest yep. oil available in the market? It's a <laughs> subsidized to fill commodity. In? Yeah. Uh, yeah but but that, that is
2: true. But the healthy peanut butter sucks. That's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: terrible. Uh, well, I'll I tell, know. I'll tell you
1: what about natural things. Chris and his family brought us down uh, about what, 30 ounces, maybe? Oh, maple syrup. Of real maple real syrup. Real maple syrup, maple syrup that they made from their family farm up it's there. It's a big and, difference, isn't it? Oh,
0: my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like you it it doesn't have this uh offensive sweetness to it. No, no mm-hmm. it
1: doesn't. It's got like this rich buttery um uh caramel um what's a uh, butterscotch like mm-hmm. a butter just and it envelops you man. <clears throat> it, it is insane yeah. Yeah. how good that is. And it's, I was talking Sarah was talking about eating healthy the other day and one of our you know our morning things is once a week we'll do pancakes. And I told her I'm like you need to look at the crap that's in this Log cabin syrup. Oh, Aunt, right. Uh, well, it's not Aunt Jemima. Aunt it's, Jemima. Uh, it's, what is it now? Pearl Milling Company. Yep. Their syrup. What happened to Aunt Jemima? <laughs> she Man, got woke. canceled. Wow. Yeah. Aunt
0: Jemima was too racist to be
1: what? black mm-hmm. on a
2: label. <laughs> she yeah. couldn't. She couldn't even be. What Man, she
0: I grew up <laughs> drinking out of a Jan- Aunt Jemima bottle as my nighttime like drink before bed. <laughs> yeah. Then
1: another <laughs> part of that's, my childhood. That's the state of America. Like, good lord. We're trying to fix things and and be woke and not be racist, but we took the the black people not off. Not of that Aunt labels. Jemima was good <laughs> well, we took, syrup. I
2: mean, it's really good syrup.
1: It's not. It's it's terrible. It's not, back to the yeah. point at yeah. hand here is there's not one ingredient there that says natural maple syrup. It's all just heavy mm-hmm. fructose corn syrup yep. and awful awful shit.
0: Yeah, I had this experience uh, the first time I tried real maple syrup. Uh, <laughs> I I never thought I could actually just sit. And drink the syrup, but you can when it's real maple syrup.
1: Um, you absolutely can, and mm-hmm. yeah. everybody should at least get to try it mm-hmm. once in their life. Right. Um,
3: when is the maple, the, the syrup season so, in effect? It depends on where you're at. Like, where we're at in northern Michigan, mid-northern Michigan, starts in February and it wraps up about right now, around Easter. Okay. Um, hmm. But it's, what I found interesting, my, my neighbor, called Mr. Russell, um, he's the one that got into it. We have a lot of maple trees in the property, and it's interesting. He's gone through and reading about it, and you've got to be careful about even the maple syrup you're buying because <clears throat> it kind of reminds me back to, uh, I mean, you guys would relate to this, I guess, with, with whiskeys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So a lot of maple syrup, like the stuff we make, we just take the sap, cook it down, <laughs> bottle it, and that's it. Most of the other maple syrup, big producers, you may be having maple syrup from three, four years, that's stored and blended all together, okay, and then given out. So it may not even be fresh. Not that there's a you know shelf life on the stuff. In the whiskey world, they'd call that a small batch syrup. <laughs> a small batch syrup. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but yeah, it's a lot how of fun. It's it
2: allocated. It's
3: uh stored. It's one of those things. It's it's a lot of you know. I don't see how you can really make money doing it because we spend a lot of time, yeah. burn a lot yeah. of wood to boil the sap down. But it's a lot of fun, and the kids will have lifelong memories. Your ratio of just did, hanging out. About, was, about fifty-five to one. 55 gallons of uh, raw syrup. sap. Sap, yeah. And then to make... Get you down to one gallon of syrup. What you're
2: saying is it's not the cows running the ozone. It's maple farmers (laughs) burning (laughs) all that wood.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we found the interesting thing is uh, it's called RO in a bucket. Mm -hmm. So it's essentially made for the little hobby maple syrup. Mr. Russell, we were having one. Essentially, the bucket, then it's at that point you take your sap, you run it through it, it comes out 50 to 1, right? You take out... Half the, you know, the water goes on one side. Now you've got to concentrate a little more so you can cook it down a little bit faster.
1: But mm. you, You've already done half the work. At yeah. that, okay. So when you're when you're burning uh, or boiling the syrup, you're basically burning off and evaporating water content yep. so out we of it. you just got
3: a rocket stove. You're just kind of chucking it full of you know wood. you got to splinter up pretty small pieces to yeah. get a lot of airflow. On top, we've got about a four-foot by two-foot stainless steel tub that sits on it. It's sealed around there. Yeah. kind of takes all the heat, evaporates everything off. And you get it down to you know a good boil. And you get about eighty gallons down to about four gallons or so. Then you got to kind of go on up to a single burner after that to kind of cook it down because it can scorch real quick. Wow. Sure. But what temperatures are
1: are you working? Just right at the boiling point, or uh,
3: I'm trying to remember what it is. So I think we need to get to two. Depending, that's the other thing I find is a good science experiment for the kids to understand it. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody says water boils at two twelve. Right, two hundred twelve degrees Fahrenheit, right. one hundred degrees Celsius. On, but not what? Well, w- <clears throat> but we always got to test it. So you put a pan of water on the stove, mm-hmm. get it boiling. Actually, measure it. We were actually about two hundred eight, two hundred nine. Your elevation yeah. and your <clears> yeah. So usually there, you want to be eight to nine, eight to nine degrees above boiling point. Okay, It's kind of the sugar content you're looking for. Okay, interesting.
1: But you don't want to if you get too hot, then you re- run, risk running it and yeah, burning get, the whole when batch. Get,
3: when you get crystallization, you get a lot of little crystals in it instead of having a good smooth syrup. Yeah.
1: Uh, Do you have honey production up in those areas? We don't.
3: There is. There's a lot of honey production. So, a lot of honey production up in Michigan. um, Got a lot of the vineyards Mm -hmm. around there, southern Michigan. Up closer to us, you got a lot of blueberry farms. Okay. So, they'll kind of, it's kind of a sad state, probably, of agriculture. Chance knows more than I do. Um, But you'd think, oh, I've got all these blueberry bushes. I could have a side production of using honeybees to make honey. Mm -hmm. But it's almost the opposite. Farmers are having to pay to bring bees in because there's not enough insects always around to pollinate. So that's another one we're, we're talking about with honey production. That's a whole other world I haven't got into yet, but yeah. just surprised to think about it. And they said a lot of it comes down to uh the monoculturization. <laughs> yeah, monocrop. Monocrops. Yep. Um, so
0: that that's what they think is – happening to the bees. Yeah, Yeah. monocrops,
2: urban sprawls, insecticides. Butterflies. Well, Mm. that and the government killing them all so they can remake robots.
3: (laughs) Yes. Bees aren't real. (laughs) The
1: birds aren't real, and now the bees (laughs) are real. So that changes the
2: whole birds and the bees bees bees. conversation
1: that you got to have with your young ones one time. Yeah, It's not about sex anymore. It's about the government. It's about government robot spies. So, (laughs) So for the
0: past few years down here, there's been this kind of little Birth of honeybee like owners, people who keep a couple of hives or or whatnot.
3: Is that happening up there? Yeah, so a lot of people keep kind of the hobby hives, right? Yeah, <clears throat> but then some of the big productions areas, they'll actually hire and have apiarists bring in hives at the time when they, you know, blueberry mm-hmm. farm or whatever crop you have, mm-hmm. you'll essentially lease bees. Mm-hmm. So people bring bees in for a period of time. They go around, pollinate your crops, and they'll move on the bees to the next field.
2: Oh,
1: wow. Huh. How do they – I guess they just – how do you keep
3: up with them?
2: Well, they come back to the hive. Yeah, they come back to the hive. From oh, up, from okay. My right. I'm,
3: I'm, you know, so you're, no you're putting, them in, it, you're putting them in a central location. They put them there, and essentially, you know, the, the queen bee controls everything, obviously, but they just put them out. The bees kind of go out, find it. They come back. They make a little dance to tell the bees where it's at, mm-hmm. and then they're done there. They close up shop and move on to the next yeah, place. It's pretty fascinating.
0: Bees fly away. Yeah, they know exactly where they're at. They just go back. Come back to the queen. Yeah, that's just wild. Don't move the queen. No. Oh, that's interesting. And and I think beekeeping or or hobby beekeeping is is fairly hands off operation from my understanding of it.
2: Well, I think once you get it. A mature hive, if that's the term for it, yeah. But once I think you get everything going, it's kind of hands off, and they kind of do that. But I think at the first, it's it's a chore because we were. I was talking to what's his name? Is it Miguel Burns? Burns's neighbor, yeah. Yes, Miguel, yeah, Miguel and I think that's what he was saying. He's like, at first because you got to get the pad ready. You got to get uh-huh. your hives all. You got to either go hunt for the bees and capture them, or go buy a queen and a hive. And so. I think it's a little bit of a chore to get it going. I'm I'm
1: scared to death. Like I came across a nice swarm of them here one year, and I put a picture of them out on Facebook. I'm like, if somebody wants to deal with them, come get them. Mm-hmm. But you risk it if they could be that African night or the killer bee variety too. Uh-huh. They look mm-hmm. pretty damn close, unless you're up
0: with a you know a seeing islands or something yeah.
1: like that.
2: I think uh, that's more. I don't, I don't want to... That's d- the government bees.
0: So surely, <laughs> the, surely the person who's going to come get the bees knows the difference mm-hmm. between the
2: two. Yes. Yeah. Well, bees. they both
1: produce honey.
0: Yep. One is just... One you
1: don't piss want off with. a little more, yeah. yeah. But I, I think, you.
2: I think McGillsby's might have made it over here this year because remember, I sent you that video, yeah. Every, every was a, tree in the a yard was bunch just of covered, in yeah. yeah. I mean, you can walk out in the yard and you just hear them, I mean, it was <laughs> yep. crazy, yeah. But. They were all in the, the uh, Bodark trees, yeah. Well, um, almost every one of the trees they were in some, but then they just whoosh, disappeared. Mm-hmm. So I guess they were cut, they were going out hunting or whatever they were uh-huh. doing, but well,
1: they, I wonder if they're getting sap from the from the, the Bodar, the well, they call them. Uh, horse really, apples
2: yeah that's a sap, but they're tree.
1: also called crazy apples because mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. know if it's an old wives tell or what but if the cows ate that apple and got that sap or that milk out of those fruits it made them Loopy? nuts crazy it. yeah, yeah no, it made no, them no. i don't know if it's a like a psychogenic compound in there I, for yeah. i think it's
0: old wives tell
2: i think it is because i've seen uh what's your sister's black cow nor aurora i've seen her eat like Forty of those. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, she's a little crazy. She's a little crazy. <laughs> not any crazier than the. She's other like cows. a friendly crazy though. Yeah, like, like your
1: right local right. friendly homeless crazy person, <laughs> <laughs> but yep.
2: in a cow form. In a cow form. Said
0: so they used to call them crab apples? Yes, crab apples crab crab is apples. also another yeah. designation because they get in your brain. Make. Make people think crab you got apples crabs. Or the horse apple.
3: They're the yeah. same thing down here. Oh, right, because we have crab apples <clears throat> in the only the apple orchards in Michigan. Okay. Oh, okay. They'll have crab apples, specifically little just bitty. little bitty ones. Okay. They'll have crab apples not there to eat, but just to help with the pollinization, given other flowers. Are they real for, bitter huh? if you try to eat them. I think so. Interesting.
2: And then another wives tell about the horse apples. I heard if you chop a ton of them up and spread them around, you, they'll keep snakes out.
1: Hmm. Well, where you almost stepped on a yeah, rattlesnake there here, there's plenty a whole of pissed h- ton of, horns, of those apples that
2: I don't know if it's something when, it, when you cut it. Something, I don't know. Yeah.
1: I always enjoyed like, running over those with a lawnmower, though. I always yeah, it always made a real help. Yep. Okay, flying
3: yeah. Out the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Up north, we call those cat brain trees. Cat brain? Yeah, cat, cat brain catnets, trees. Right. <laughs> so they, they look like little cat brains. Yeah. But I think it's. What, yeah, that's. Right? Yeah, okay, I see yeah. what you're saying. Y'all have those up there. Yeah. Osage orange, right? Is what the wood is. I think it's called uh, yep. Osage Orange. Yeah. Makes it? great fence posts. Won't rot. Yeah,
1: yeah, if you can cut the stuff. <laughs> you can cut it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you go through three chainsaw blades <laughs> to cut an eight-inch tree. Yep. yep. Yeah, it, it'll stay around forever. Like, half the trees in the yard over there are probably, they've been dead for 50 years. They, yeah. They're just not going to fall over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I do want to make a mention. <clears throat> All right. That your, your beloved Whiskey Bros were oh, once again right. ahead of the curve on Uh-oh. March 19th. We released a podcast with Carson Sands called Plants have feelings too. Oh, no. oh yeah. You remember that? Yeah, you remember that? I don't yeah. know if you've listened to it yet or not, mm, Chris. Not that's yet. a good one. Carson's our local CPA who's who's joined us on a few of them. Great guy. Um, uh, so again, we titled this episode Plants have feelings too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> on April 5th. How many days ago is that? Wednesday. Okay. That's at least that's at least a 20-day Gap between when we release yeah. the episode. I mean, roughly fifteen more likely. We're but. time
2: travelers. Anyways, <clears throat>
1: from a website called Not the Bee, which is everybody knows the Babylon Bee is a satire site. Yes. Then you have this alternate, not the Bee, alternate site that is not the Bee because it finds outrageously true headlines and puts them on and uh-huh. posts, like you would think that this is satire. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on April fifth, <clears throat> Peta says that vegetarians might have to start eating only fruit that falls
2: off trees if it turns out that plants can feel pain. Woo! <laughs> plants have okay. feelings, too. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at that. I'm actually going to push that because I want to see that. This one I can get behind. Oh, wow.
1: this is a perfect segue from crab apples or horse apples or crazy apples falling off the tree. We can start selling out, those.
2: Walking around in people's yards. Picking up just nasty fruit with worms, but see, <laughs> I mean, then they can't even eat that because there's worms inside said fruit, you're killing worms, killing worms. Right. Yep. Maybe this is the way we get. Imagine, rid of imagine
1: it. being one of these people. Like, mm. how, do you, how do you tormented? How do you cope with daily life? I don't know. Because I don't know. There's the potential every breath you take might interfere with an insect's yeah flying trajectory, and you it might fly off course into a wall. I don't know like how do these people <laughs> truly live with themselves?" said. So, that's strange... a good question.
0: I I can't I cannot relate because yesterday we were at Easter, family Easter. What do we have? Beef, bunny rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> you know? It's even better. And, and so whenever you're at family Easter and and you're all sitting around eating bunny rabbit, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, you can't help but think that okay, we have no no veganism in our family whatsoever. Have, to have be able to eat a bunny rabbit on Easter. Have and, y'all been
2: down the whole Easter rabbit hole? <laughs> now I guess we're about to go. No, we're not. Yeah, I guess I so. I don't know enough at all, though. Well, it, just give us the, the, the some, gist of there's it. There's some crazy... Kim Trills on the
4: whole <laughs> oh, oh,
2: man. Easter story. Uh, <laughs> the reason why the eggs are colored a certain way, all the whole bunny and egg thing and kids. Okay. Oh, I okay. So well, let's, I've, let's I've say sort of,
1: that. I want to know what, I know what Chris and I, Chris and I had lots of good beef. We had okay. a mm-hmm. Akushi Heart Brand beef yeah. brisket. Thank you, Heart Brand. Oh, God. Uh, we, we paid for it. I wish yeah, it was you was donated, did. but we paid for <laughs> it. Um, okay. And the, so we had copious amounts of beef mm-hmm. and then some pasta salad. And whatnot. We didn't have any. We didn't have That's any bunny wonderful. rabbit. Uh, that would have been That's awesome, exactly though. what we had, yeah. except
2: the brisket. We just mm. had burgers, jalapeno, cheddar, heart brand, yeah, and oh. pasta salad. Yeah. Okay,
0: so, uh, quick question is is that Trell about uh, Easter?
2: About no, I just said chemtrail to, to say it's a uh, conspiracy, to, conspiracy conspiracy. He wanted yeah. to enrage me. Yeah. So I don't, I I don't know how what the truth is and but there's a lot. You
0: can We're go down s- a deep hole. Oh, I know. We are sitting around Easter. talking about the eating rabbit, talking about the <laughs> fact that okay, this is one of the best animals to eat, you know. Mm-hmm. That, and because as far as like dollar per pound, they're really cheap to raise and Evidently. really easy to clean. So are crickets.
1: Yeah, crickets.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We crickets. Just, we were just at Huntsville. On the way down, we stopped in Huntsville at the Space and Rocket Center. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. They have a whole <clears throat> kind of public service announcement showing that it takes 40 pounds of grain to get one pound of beef. I think it was like 10 pounds of grain to get one pound of chicken. And it takes 1.2 pounds of grain or potatoes to get one pound of protein out of crickets. So, so crickets are pound. one of the most efficient yeah.
0: They didn't taste like burnt
3: toast. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I mean, if you dip them in chocolate, God they're not Lord. bad. Well, yeah, they're not bad. the like, kids are all worried, like, I don't know if you can eat crickets. I so said, don't worry about it. I think they'll be ground up in just protein powder. <laughs> yeah. Put yeah. We're in your probably, food. yeah. I am worried we're about, probably, about it. Well, you figure you probably are eating crickets, right? If you eat Rice Krispies. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, the yeah no was doubt. Like, I mean, you're probably in those. You're allowed to
1: So if I come out and visit in the summer and I look at a burger patty and it's got like a few antennae or something out of it. I'm gonna ask you some questions.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just trying to stretch that dollar. Yep. Okay, pound it's per a, pound, a rabbit.
0: Okay, I I actually don't know the pound pound per pound, uh, but it's it's relatively cheap, and you can kind of feed them off alfalfa. I'm gonna per, say goat's
2: and, gonna beat that because you don't. Yeah, I think, you're right, I think you're right too. They'll I think you're right too. Yeah, and and you get way more for one.
0: But when okay, so we're sitting around talking and. Somebody has the thought. I wonder if the uh, reason the Easter Bunny became the Easter Bunny was because of the chicken lobby. No. Okay, please. Well, please not okay. I, don't, where, I don't know the yeah. I don't
2: know the story, but not according to the chemtrail story. Though. Okay, okay. So this because this, you got you got to think bunnies don't lay eggs. <laughs> I know, they don't.
3: But but so you... The Cadbury commercial. I don't know, bro. Yeah. This is 2023. Okay,
2: you, uh, that bunny can identify as a leg-hitting hen. The chicken can identify as a bunny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, but you sure increase some uh, consumption of eggs, eggs right. during Easter with the whole decorating no, the I eggs. I think it's way okay, older so than that. The fundamental
1: okay. uh, reason for Easter is Christ being resurrected yes. and yes. coming back. Yes. This well, is not what you're talking about. No. This is the Easter
2: eggs and bunny and is like the nightmare of easter
4: okay let's hear it
1: man i
2: got <laughs> I, 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 I don't know that's that's about all i can go in depth like look up the story of easter island the background of easter island all that jazz
1: where did you where did you get this
2: data or info from well you know the internet's interwebs, <laughs> well, the interwebs. you should
1: read just a little bit no, more you know how so i am i don't do that, that. is like, this like just, the alternate just go
2: through and look at Different What's the pieces?
1: alternate Santa Claus Krampus Krampus. Is, yeah. Yeah. It's all yeah. like his about Krampus, you know, they would being mean, he's going to take you away and eat you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, is this that, is this the Krampus version of the
2: Easter bunny? It's, it's the, it's the other side of Easter. Yeah. Okay. It, you go down a dark, I, I went down a little one, but you know how I am. My attention span, I can only read so much that I'm like, I gotta go move on something else, <laughs> but it, 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 it's a lot.
1: You need to tell Chris about your, uh, your family festival in the fall.
2: Oh yeah. well oh, the Fry Fest? Yeah, the whole but tell them the whole name. The, name the of whole it. name. Yes. The, uh, I think it may change every time somebody says it. <laughs> it <really laughs> <does>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's the uh the fabulous uh Fagley Family Fair Fry Fest in Forestburg. Did you yeah, get all that? Nice <laughs> Yeah. Well tell them the, the concept of it. It's freaking I haven't been to it yet, but okay. it's pretty awesome. Uh well it started like several years ago. Uh I don't even know, decade or yeah. more. Uh, Ever since
1: I've known you you've mm-hmm. talked about it.
0: Yeah, we were sitting around at my parents' place and and lamenting the fact that we couldn't go to the fair that year and decided, "Hell, we just like to go to the fair for all the fried food." And so we're going to start we're we're going to do our own fry fest. Mm-hmm. And so it went from like 3 to you know 40. 5 entries to like Ten to forty, and mm-hmm. people are coming out and like staying the weekend in their RVs, and it just developed over the years. Bringing twenty-five people, yeah, so they can get votes. It's <laughs> like it's become. It a, got insane. It's become. A, these are
1: these are your lobbyists that you uh-huh. that you bring.
0: <laughs> oh, I know, and and uh, insane enough that Heath and I spent a good month or two developing a recipe mm-hmm. on more than a couple of occasions. <laughs> just sort Yeah. Now, what did
1: y'all win with
2: one year? They were oh, were they just, uh, balls of some sort? No, we did the... Uh, um, uh We did Napolito Cajun, or something. No, the Cajun, the pasta or the stuffed... Uh, <laughs> yeah, y'all did a stuffed... Something. I know. God, what is it called?
0: Our brains are so fried after that. Everything tacos just, yeah. goes
2: away. Jambalaya. Jambalaya,
0: uh, egg rolls, yeah, that's right, yeah, with a a red wine
2: reduction sauce. God, it was good, and a creme fresh. And then we did we we won three. three It was yeah. I don't remember what the other ones were, but or no, two times, and then we
3: tied. I don't know about you guys up north, right? Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, any of the county fairs. If you're going to have a fry fest, it's got to be dipped in batter and then fr- and fried. Same way. Yes. Right? Okay. Same thing. Same thing. Oreos. That's the qualifier, right? Right.
1: Same thing. I haven't been to the state fair in years, but the things are deep frying. like you said yeah. Pepsi. Oh, yeah. How the it's, hell do you deep
3: yeah, fry Pepsi? They freeze little balls of Pepsi syrup or whatever. You dip it in the batter and you <laughs> freeze yeah. it. Or you fry I've seen
2: it in a, uh, <clears throat> not a wonton, but a... Uh, would you call it wonton? Wonton, wonton. <laughs> <laughs> is there a G on the end? Yes. A <laughs> uh, ravioli. It was in a. Oh. It was okay. in a ravioli. That they Sealed or something. But it was. Na- it was beer.
1: The last time I was at the state fair is like right when they were coming around with deep frying bacon, like battering yep. it, and deep frying. Oh, god. And then there was a deep fried Snickers
3: well, it's bar. Come, it's come a long way since. So then. it's even mm. more
1: cutting edge oh, yeah. now. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The other one in Chicago, you are know, home with White Castle. You guys have. You guys have Crystal or whatever down here, right? Crystals? Yes, yeah. crystals. We
2: we not a lot of them. No, Waterburger.
3: Yeah, Waterburger. White Castle. Is a, hold on. What the White to, Castle? White castle. castle. I know what castle You've is. Never I don't crystals? know. I've never crystals is in crystals? Alabama. I think they're, they're most, essentially the, the southern version. The only place we you're are not see them.
2: that south. Yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> the only place you are going to see them down here is maybe a truck stop. That's okay. the only place I've ever I don't seen them. With the
3: little square buns like the White Castle and the little steam burgers.
2: Yeah. So I had those for the
3: first time in Valparaiso. Over Christmas. So they took you to the county fair in the summer. They freeze those. Mm-hmm dip them in batter and then fry it. So when you think that you can't get better than it's and it's a natural steamed burger from the frying process, it's supposed to be delicious. <laughs> I like White amazing. Castle. Yeah,
1: I liked it because it's not some bullshit like in and out from, it's a California oh, it's institute. <laughs> I, it's not pretending to be something. It's not pretending to be like some
0: gourmet burger
3: shirt. Like in It's like Jack and the Crack tacos. Yeah, it's just this, this is, is shit. Get. We know it's shit. You know it's You're shit. You're hungry. You're going to love it. There, there you go. Yeah, so they just eat it. They're you, pretending can, to be beef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You yeah. got some peanut butter in it, probably. Maybe whatever. crickets. Can you
2: not get those? Uh, you used to be able to buy a,
3: oh, a yeah, sack of Oh, yeah, can. Like at Walmart. Oh, I don't know. You, we yeah. always just bought you by Crave Case, big 20-pack.
1: Yeah, so that's the thing with, like, In-N-Out. You go and you get this little box, and your burger's set up here, and your fries over here, and the lettuce is just right. It's like, it's a fucking burger! Give it to me in a sack! I'm going! I'm leaving!
2: <laughs> and that's only the sucky burger. you got to get even close to even decent one. you got to get on Google and look up their freaking secret menu. Or... Oh, their secret menu.
1: Oh, at, yeah, animal style is the most atrocious all of that. thing Everything I've ever put it in
2: is. my mouth. French Ross. But so I have I do you it. had
3: animal style, Chris? I have not, but... My son John, he knows all about the secret menus. Uh, McDonald's, KFC, yeah, they right all have. Menu, but yeah. here's McDonald's the deal: McDonald's have secret menus. It's all shit.
0: You're, yeah, and you're probably <laughs> right. Like why Castle well, knows gonna go, shit. Here we're going to go rabbit <laughs> yeah. hole
3: of how bad fast
2: food <laughs> it is. It's awful.
0: You. It's awful. Why do we eat it? <laughs> I don't it's know. Not good. What, what <laughs> do <laughs> do <we> That's why. <laughs> it's uh, because they've learned how to hit the the exact triggers in your brain mm-hmm. to make you say. Oh
1: my God, this is
2: so good. And
1: the convenience yeah, trigger. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. I think yeah. that's the bet.
2: Because mm. you could have stopped and got some amazing we tacos. Oh, surely. And so there's some amazing tacos. You yeah, DQ. Around, uh, you wait yeah, on them. Yeah, mom Dairy Queen.
1: They make good tacos. Oh my God. Yeah, they God. do. The taco I'm talking about the I, I thought
0: that was just our trucks. Dairy Queen thing because and of his mom. You can go and, well, we can't talk about this here, No, I mean. we can't talk about that. Oh. What? Great way buffalo. Okay. No. Nope. Okay. Forget about that. Anyways. Moving uh, on. Moving
1: on. <laughs> but, yeah, we were talking about this convenience thing. And Chris and I are on the way here. We're talking about environmental impacts and and mm-hmm. everybody that's always screaming and advocating for, you know, doom and gloom. And if we don't change our ways with the planet. But he made the statement that these same assholes are ordering Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're sitting in their house making somebody in an internal combustion engine.
2: Uh, <clears throat> something... That uses
1: be, energy. That uses energy right. to bring them food. Well, what is worse ports. is
2: now they're paying double the price for that same tr- crap that we're driving to get. And these you, same
1: people are gonna yeah. are be are gonna be the ones that are are
3: espousing hate towards capitalism too. So well, <laughs> yeah. I don't think people realize either that DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, I think some of the ones we have up north, but <clears throat> it's the the private owners the one paying for all that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. They're they're to pay a cut. They're all losing money on it. Um, but yeah, I was talking to Chance on the way over, and I was, we got four kids of my own trying to figure out how do we educate them so we can leave them a better planet than we started with. But it's like you got to get through all that science, because yep. you know, have you ever seen a, an aerial view of a nickel mine in South America where they pull a lot of those you know, metals out to make these batteries? There's nothing growing within a certain square mile of it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's a toxic <clears> wasteland. I was telling Chance, my, my kids, we... Uh, a lot of YouTubers, you know, Mark Rober is one of them. That if you guys have heard, of, he a lot of people probably know Mark Rober from the Porch Pirates, the Glitter Bomb. Oh yes, right. He built the that's little Glitter that Bomb. Guy. With that guy. Okay. He's worked for NASA. But he once a year tries to do a. Oh yeah. A, a video kind of showing what's good going on. I see okay. I was telling Chance that uh, I think it was in Uganda that they have this uh, drone company that's actually delivering blood and medical supplies out to these rural hospitals and are trying to get it here in America to work on a different version because he had a good point. If you think about it, the same people that are sitting here talking about, we need to save the environment are the ones calling to get a 3000 pound vehicle to drive their burger across town for them.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, you
3: know, you got to get to the point where you're pulling more cars off the road. Yeah. Not putting more. Right. Right. Oh. And just Amazon and, you know, not just Amazon, but just the whole culture of, you know, the, order it online it'll be there in a minute. Yep. Right. The United yeah. support the ship Instant next day. Right? Yeah. It's, and then
1: it's these a people culture go right back on Twitter or right back on Reddit talking mm-hmm. about how bad everything that everybody else is doing in a productive life, how bad we are all for the environment. Yes.
0: Okay. So I, I have a thought, uh, that's a tough thought, but, do you think the prevalence of the people we make fun of in the show... Okay, so the leftist vegan types. Yep. Right? Uh-huh. I don't, okay. We never made fun of vegans. No. Okay, okay. I think
2: we've said vegans on this. Yeah. Do, you, <laughs> so. do you think
0: the prevalence is actually a lot less than we think? Uh, and and I think so. We've been misinformed yeah, by this uh, okay. sure? government yep. psyop Can't on the American public to I, think that that reflects half the. I don't American think it's public. just
1: governments. Chris and I were talking about this earlier. Like, yeah. this is a less than one percent of the population that has a huge voice. Yeah, I think you
0: right. I think the prevalence is really low because most people that I talk to, and I talk to a lot of people, are not leftist, vegan, no, judgy. But- types it is
1: a it's a government thing and it's a corporate thing too and it it was tough i was my theory is like these huge corporate entities like apple yeah like microsoft google pfizer yeah like if you go to the core of these companies these dudes are not wacko left left leaning these are all probably really smart uh, middle of the road whatever you want to call them right but they are marketing their product to a certain demographic that is going to continue like Big well, and they're,
0: people. they're marketing with a – well, at least in the case of, say, like Pfizer or Google, well, they're marketing with a captured demographic, and, and they have a regular yeah. regulatory capture specifically. Yeah, um, so
1: you – everybody at this table, we
0: all have an Apple product on the, on the table yeah. with us, mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. we've all heard the jargon come from Apple, and we're like, I can't believe they're saying this stupid stuff. We're going to continue to buy their product. On the right. other hand, this other demographic that's very loud and a, a very small minority, right. very vocal, they're probably going to, in some way or another, if they don't like what Apple is espousing, they're going to boycott the shit, right? And then right. they're going to go tell their friends, and, and then it's going to be one big, loud mess. So in other words, these giant corporations and, and to an extent, government entities are pandering to these types.
0: Yes. Okay. That's my, that's my so, theory. So think about it this way, Okay. It's this idea that uh, you have a monopoly whenever a company can control the policy of a government in its favor. And we're not, the United States is supposed to be anti monopolistic. Supposed to be. Supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But yeah, obviously. Then I don't think this is conspiracist. No, I don't think way, it is. we it's have not even more. No. Yeah, we 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 have uh, a bit of a crony capitalistic uh thing going on and right now. And
1: we missed the opportunity to really have a united a united population. This is another thing we were talking yeah. about. Is it had this yeah. crossroads when COVID hit and all these mandates were being shoved down everybody's throat, all of a sudden <clears throat> right wingers who were usually all about big corporation and mm-hmm. Fine with big pharma never questioning. Oh, switched, our, switched, yeah, <laughs> and everybody on the left—it's big corporation this, blah blah blah, big fear, fear everything
0: went to being. But okay, <laughs> what happened? It's wild. We're, we're, I'll tell you what happened. There was a a psyop upon the American public, <laughs> and that was what was uncovered in Twitter files, mm-hmm. but it was a uh, control of the, the entire media complex by uh, a select few. Okay. Yeah.
1: World health or world economic forum. Vibes. No, I, not
0: even. It was, uh, yeah. Check out Taibbi. I mean, I'll say it again. Taibbi, uh, Barry Weiss and Schellenberger their okay. work, uh, because they're the group of, Reporters that are uncovering this, but essentially it was, uh, the narrative producers, a select few, uh, non-governmental organizations, NGOs, mm-hmm. NGOs. Yep. uh, the, uh, several FBI committees. And I mean, you're looking at like CIA, mm. uh, department of Homeland security was very much shaping the narrative that, uh, the social media and media proper, uh, took part in
1: mm. yeah Ooh, there is also a great documentary out um on hbo called uh, oh god it's about the um, the myers-briggs test and the personality mm-hmm. test mm-hmm. and how that is essentially i've now not just, seen this it, it's pretty eye-opening How okay. big tech is just literally compiling data to further this cause that you're talking about it's a pretty eye-opening documentary what is it called i think it's called personal or something like that i'm gonna look right. it up here in a minute but again a lot of these people talking about this issue come across as like severe left wingers, and now they're talking about big tech being a kind of a in a, a state of a, being an enemy to the people because mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. this mass compilation of data extrapolated from these little yeah. these little pro, these little cutesy programs that like oh you can learn about your ancestry oh you can learn if you're an IFTJ mm-hmm. or oh they're actually
0: learning about you why are they learning about you. <clears throat> So they can sell a product. Sell a product. Yeah, sell a product, yeah. or
1: well, indoctrinate you with an agenda. We,
0: we've shown that that product works. Yeah, that product oh. can actually sway uh, the sway people's opinion mm-hmm. on a broad scale, and and we we've, we've seen it most evidently through COVID. Mm-hmm. Okay, so boom, there's your sign. Yeah, we had a gigantic chance to meet in the middle.
1: And we did. Nobody did. We just no, we did, crossed well. paths and went to opposite corners.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Well they don't they don't want all of us to meet in the middle. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Right. Yeah, yeah they gotta keep you. They're, they're keep power, you polarized. Yeah. yeah, they're they're very powerless. Oh yeah.
0: So so and sometimes I wonder if the uh prevalence of uh long form discussion will actually become a thing. And and because there is a preponderance, I'm using too many large p words, but preponderance of uh, really good long form podcasts. There's another p word. Yeah. Uh, and on both the left and the right, and and sure. I listen to quite a bit of both, actually.
1: And it's not necessarily necessarily about the host. right? A lot of people. It's a it's about the it guest because of the host. It, no, it's about yeah. You're right. It's about the guest yeah. and the the time frame that they get to explain mm-hmm. the way they are, why they are, what their product is, what the reasoning is. Not... So
0: so maybe that's the anecdote to the media complex. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it is,
1: and and, well,
3: and media porn. Or mm-hmm. social I think, media, I mean. The Chance's point, you guys know better than I do, but I kind of laughed. We were talking about earlier about this whole flip flop and how Chance had made the, the point that, you know, he's listening, you know, finds himself agreeing with Bill Maher. Mm-hmm. How sure. does that happen? And I was just looking back here. There's a podcast Bill Bill I listened Mar. to. This about, is
0: a very good point. I love Bill <laughs> Maher. I look back ago. on this,
3: so this uh, podcast I listened to was Greg Lukianoff is, uh, for Fire. It's the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, freedom of speech. That's all they do. Okay, and it was interesting. They were going through talking about the cancel culture, right? Go back to McCarthyism, the professors that were being pulled out, were being marked as Mm communists. Now you got professors are being pulled out. You know, you think that the universities should be kind of where the the new thought should be, and a lot of that controversy is going on there, right, at the the universities. And there's a lot of cancel culture going on. And it was interesting. He was pointing out from their standpoint. The only way to battle cancel culture, because it flip-flops so fast, kind of what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. Chance, is their move is that you've got to get like a million people, a billion people to kind of sign up on your list. Mm -hmm. Because when stuff starts going back and forth on the internet, the only time they're going to stop and listen is if you have a million people that come together and just say, no, that's not right. I think it's a good point. So yeah, you know, well they're they're so to your point, right? What they don't want us together, right? No, no, they want you split. So you got to have some type of. Yeah, this is working. the perfect podcast, the internet, whatever. That should be the so. Perfect it's way Joe Rogan, human. yeah, because yeah, instead just, of fighting, just, uh, yeah. all
2: of us fighting them, they they're in the middle and we're fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's that's they well, don't yep. they don't want us all together because then we're going to be going. Well, shouldn't. Yeah.
3: And you may not agree on everything, but if there's right. one thing that you're unified on, that no, that can't happen. Right. It's hard to stop well, a million voices. I can tell who's you with
1: you <laughs> there's a big deep dark rabbit hole with they. Yes. But the surface level is like shitty human beings as in in roles of leadership and uh elected officials. You just got Chicago just got rid of a bad human being in the role of a in in a leadership role. Mm -hmm. What What about this one that they just replaced her with? There it
3: goes. I I, I was honestly a little surprised because I think only ten percent of Chicago voted. Wow, something like that. Preliminary numbers was pretty small.
1: So that's that's the issue. That six hundred thousand five, six
3: hundred thousand people voted Um, (laughs) out of Chicago. From the standpoint, I was also surprised when you looked at it. Mm-hmm. Not that it should be an indicator, but Paul Vallis was supported by essentially every politician, left and right. You know that, that this is the guy that's got the experience to do it, right? And he lost out. So to we'll a, see pro- we'll see appropriately, appropriately so I don't know to this an- cat, or yeah. to another progressive, to another progressive. I, that's all I've heard about yep. this
1: new elected uh, mayor. Yep.
3: And, the big, and thing, the big thing there in Chicago is, you know, obviously you got the, the violence and the crime going on. Sure. But the big thing, too, is just the debt, you know, trying to cover all this without raising property taxes. It's probably going to be but impossible. But how is there
2: violence and crime when you can't have guns? Mm, <laughs> good point. I mean, good how point. is that even possible? Yeah.
0: I don't think it's possible. You mean it's I not it some utopia? I mean, these these cats are running around the uh, city with guns. Baseball bats. Yeah,
2: because if you yes, make it illegal definitely. for bad people to have guns, obviously they're going to yeah. follow the
0: rules. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's they a just whole, need more whole bunch signs. of thuggery yes. going on up there. They just yeah. need the baseball more signs. bats. You can't say thug anymore. No, you can't. You can't. No, that no. word is
1: is it's too uh, a bad, too aggressive. Yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, you can't even it's call homeless people homeless people <laughs> no more, bro. <laughs> OK, but that's that's the surface level that I want to talk about without going down. your Yes, your oof, I still want to know mess. who they are. The, them, the them surface days. level is like good people obviously aren't really running for these elected official positions. And according to him, Jesus Christ, are not even voting. If mm-hmm. less than 10 percent of people right. in Chicago are really turning out well, to it vote,
2: it doesn't matter if you do vote. What, whatever party wants to win, the worst is going to no, win. Yeah, obviously, yeah.
1: we're going to install the Dom- software made by Dominion. Yeah, and cast your vote, please.
0: Oh my gosh, did <sighs> you just Kim trail? Maybe a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. working, Doc. Yeah, I we're, guess pushing, so. we're pushing. We're <laughs> pushing. <laughs> I just think if you're going to have a software for a, a nation of uh, freely voting and uh, elected officials, don't name your shit Dominion. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Come on, <laughs> no, but it's true. It's uh okay. So if we don't go vote, we're not part of the process. We're we're we've canceled our own spot in the process. So yeah, that's not really a significant, are. and we're not putting thing. forward decent human beings.
1: Yes, in these leadership roles.
0: Right. Well, okay. So, oh, that's it. It it's so hard to kind of think of being in the leadership role mm-hmm. outside of
2: local. Politics. Don't let that slide. I know. Okay. Go for it. When I say something like that, you just said row, leadership row. Oh, well. Oh. Uh uh (laughs) Yeah. See? Because if I say, y'all jump on me like nothing else. Yes. Good point, bro. I don't row. I know. I see (laughs) coming out. We know (laughs) know a lot of
0: really good people who are involved in local politics. Yeah. And and thank God for them. Yeah. Right. Uh, And
1: state, in this state, somewhat of this state, good state politicians still
2: exist. Oh, hopefully it stays around.
0: I know, but it it seems past that uh, political participation is is a bit of a protected Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, without falling into that abyss that he's
1: keep referencing, I want to know about Chris. I want to know about... (laughs) Let's get away yeah, from this political rabbit hole and, and talk about biomechanical engineering okay. and what you do and how long you've done
3: it and where, where the future is with that. Oh, uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, got a lot of stuff there. But, um, yes, yeah, so my background, grew up in Indiana. I live in Chicago. I my family. got my wife, four kids, been happily married. This August will be 25 years. Um, oh, his daughter also <clears throat> says Library. Yes, it's cute. Got yeah, it we were talking there.
1: about that today. Yep. I'm like my friend, he says library. Yeah.
3: Um, so yeah, I went to school at Purdue University, uh, doing engineering, and was introduced to the world of prosthetics through my wife's uncle at the time, I was diabetic, and gone through some amputations. And so, about 1997, got in the field, kind of been there since. And uh, it's interesting. I guess I'm officially getting old now because I sit and talk about how things used to be, right? But I'm saying we're, we're there of, too, man. I'm we're seen a big too. change just in the, the world of health care, insurance as a general doc, I'm sure you've got some opinions on that too. Uh-huh. But um, So started doing uh, prosthetics and orthotics and just going through the years. And it's, it's interesting as I, I feel that a lot of things, you know, it's all the questions I always get asked, are like, Oh, it's great. You know, you got a lot of the veterans you're working with. we not, not so much. I mean, veterans, even with uh, Afghanistan and Iraq going on, it's a small percentage Mm-hmm. Um, predominantly, the the demographic I'm dealing with is the mid fifties, peripheral vascular disease, diabetic. Yeah, you know they're not really taking the best care of themselves. They're eating Jack of the Box a couple times a week. Sure, right? sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it's uh, the amputees. The yeah, uh,
0: amputees that are like American lifestyle amputees. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. Uh, And it's funny you mention that. So um, one of my residents years ago, he started a company, a charitable organization called Romp. They went down to Guatemala. Mm -hmm. And here in the States, we talk about commonly it's, you know, 80% are trans-tibial or below the knee amputees. I mean, you know, their foot got infected, they had their leg amputated, but they still have their knee. Yep. Usually it's cancer or some type of trauma that caused you to have an amputation above the knee. What was interesting you went down. What's to Gu- important too, from a from a prosthetic standpoint. Yeah, just the energy expenditure and everything. Yeah, but what was yeah. interesting. We start looking at the demographic of Guatemala. They had much more prevalence of above the knee amputees because most of theirs were from accidents. and other things. they didn't have hmm. the American lifestyle uh-huh. kind of you know diabetes dietary issue, issues, the, yeah. dietary issues causing it. So, um, but yeah, the metabolic rate. The consumption is much different, right, below the knee. Mm-hmm. And my, my kids have grown up with it, around it, they've been used to it, but I, I even ask them sometimes, like, you know, what would you rather do? Would you rather lose one hand or one foot? And they're really think about it, and a lot of people say, right, I'd rather lose my yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah, And it's actually the opposite. I'd rather lose my foot. I'd rather, and actually I'd rather lose both feet. Yeah, you can get really right. cool, like, I can I can make Harvey you the a pro- yeah. Yeah. well, Because I, of technology, <laughs> technology even, even is before actually. Before technology, I can make a prosthetic, Leg uh-huh. that kind of lets you get up and walk around, yeah. Old peg. I mean, your hand is just amazing the dexterity right. in it, the, the, the feedback you have to have. Do yeah. I
2: get to choose said hand or foot? Yeah, no, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> if, I, if I could choose, I'd, if, if I could lose my left hand versus either one of my feet, I think I'd. No, I don't think, yeah. I
0: don't think I don't think amputees uh get to choose. No, no. Well, that's <laughs> all that like it just, what we're talking about. I think that's we're, the yeah. point. It just sort of Happens, or or metabolically, you're there. But you end up if you with lose this your
1: infection. if you lose your feet, you don't have gout issues anymore. Yeah,
2: that's true. Well, that's uh, true I just move somewhere else. <laughs> no, yeah, it, yeah that's work true its way too. Up to the knee
3: yeah. It didn't the the metabolic, metabolic rate. The problem becomes you start asking, what if you lose both legs above the knee? Mm-hmm. Right, you can make prosthetics. You're going to get people up. They're going you're going to see Paralympic athletes doing well. Yeah, the average Joe, you know average Joe that goes through. Bilateral above the amputations would probably be more in a wheelchair because okay. at that point it takes them more energy to try to walk with the legs just to get around the wheelchair. So, a lot of times, no matter what people want to say, technology throw at it, it comes down to you've got to really look at the patient, understand what the environment is, how much support do they have around them, and a lot of it comes down to the metabolic rate. You can make the fanciest prosthesis in the world, but if it's a lot of it takes a lot of energy for them to use it, mm-hmm. they're not going to be using it as yeah. much. Right. Right. And and that's why you don't see uh people
0: with above the <clears throat> knee prosthetics. That's mm-hmm. why you see
1: people in yeah. a casino and hover rounds instead of sure. carbon fiber yeah. legs. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um and and that's not to say like, okay, well, take the predominant demographic that's getting an amputation in the US compared to, say, Guatemala mm-hmm. or other uh you know, by the time an American gets an amputation, they're they're facing a significant uphill battle to learn to even use that, ampu- uh, that prosthetic. Mm-hmm. So, so that's not a small thing.
1: No, that's what he's talking about—the in- yeah, energy right. expended just to be able well, to function.
3: The other the other statistic that goes out there is that last time I'm reading it years ago, but essentially, if someone has an amputation, mm-hmm. they've got a fifty percent chance of having the other mm-hmm. leg amputated within five years. Yep a lot of people don't stop and realize that if you're dealing with peripheral vascular disease or diabetes, it's a systematic disease. It's not like it just affected that one leg. Mm-hmm. It's in their whole system. Starts with your feet first because it's just the furthest distance from your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get severe diabetics and start losing digits and things in their hands.
1: Well, it's funny you're bringing this up because this man here was a leader for before COVID hit and mm-hmm. uh, he had a, he was a diabetic treatment. <laughs> uh, okay. Physician. Yeah. I was,
0: mm-hmm. I was kind of the, the, local diabetic dude yeah he couldn't hang out yeah. with us on monday nights because he had his uh, diabetic support group yep mm-hmm. and and yes so so i went down that rabbit hole uh but that's all that to say yeah what we face as americans are, is jack-in-the-box induced jack-in-the-box Jack in
1: don't give nobody diabetes yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i'd say it Oh man, I wish I hadn't ate those tacos.
1: I know, I do. I really do too. I hate myself, mm-hmm. but in the moment, they are so good. Mm. So, what's the future? We're not sponsored by Jack in the Box. I know. swear to God, I know. we're not. But by God, don't we happens go if we to get the, Jack be. in the Crack. What we if we get a be. phone call? Like, this is blah, blah, blah from Jack in the Box Enterprise. I'll have
0: that debate. That's the worst. Yeah. Damn we would like food. to pay you
1: $425,000 a
2: a every year, time right? we turn the freaking podcast on. What would no. you say?
0: I would say get me a psychologist because I want to understand when. Well, that's when that shit he, he ends makes a quarter million table, dollar a year.
2: I feel like I have Not to true. eat it. Yeah. Us poor folk, we're just going to say, give me the taco. Yeah. If folk. he made half a, million, <laughs> a <laughs> million
1: a year, he might be Jesus able to upgrade Christ. to like said, a ninety-seven that much yeah, maybe. Yeah.
2: maybe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so I want to know what's the uh, future of prosthetics, though, because it's, it's
3: scary. To think about it, because yeah, you know, it's going to come down to where government and insurance wants it to go. I Hate to say it, really. In, being in the field because what's what's happening now, I feel is we're we're kind of in a bad position. You know, not a bad position, but there's a, it's a it's a crux in the road, right? We're at The crossroads, right? We now have microprocessors that can be made very cheaply. You got yes. Battery technology that's decent. Arduino. Right? I, I use right? microprocessors. <clears throat> so every now day. we can get all these microprocessor-controlled yeah, but that's knees.
2: Unless. Biden and China shuts it down again, and we can't get them chip so. over there. I don't know the,
3: the the big thing, the chip thing, because we actually had Taiwan. some back back orders on stuff, and they're talking about they're already building a plant in Ohio, okay, yeah. to start building chips. So nice. that, and that's a five to ten year solution down, but at least it's a start, yes. Um, but what I think is interesting, just driving over, your chance made a comment about is diesel that what well, your truck gets nine miles a gallon, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if you got this tuning chip on it you can get 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Miles yeah. yeah.
1: And that's just a little tweaking. So the
3: same thing can go for prosthetics, right? We're talking about mm-hmm. the metatop metabolic rate of how much it takes energy for you to walk. Mm-hmm. If I can now put a microprocessor controlled ankle and knee on you, yeah. that essentially it's tuned to you. Yeah. Right now I can start net. Cause it, a lot of times it talks about, you know, two meters per second. You know, there's like a, there's a threshold of like, if you can hit this speed that you can walk your cadence, mm-hmm. That defines whether you're going to be an outdoor ambulator or you're stuck in your house. Right, right. Yeah. So there's this huge population of if we can get microprocessor knees, microprocessor ankles, some of the technology on them. So now you're getting that threshold where they're actually walking at a speed that we've already statistically shown. If you meet this threshold on a treadmill, you're more likely to be active in your community. You get active in your right. community, your your medications are decreased. Everything else you can have a healthier lifestyle. The right? disease okay.
1: in some aspects. So yeah. now.
3: How do you get that? Because we've always been fighting with all these microprocessors. I think the, initial, the initial approach was uh, the VA and a lot of them were doing a lot of studies to try to show with microprocessor knees, can we decrease the number of falls? Because okay. in falls, you could extrapolate out to be a certain number of falls you have. That's how many times you're going to fracture a hip. You're going to have other medical costs. It all came down to essentially having to show, well, this microprocessor knee, in the long run, to, decrease to- their medical... Right. Expenditure. To, it came down to
0: having to show the third-party payer Correct. that that third-party payer should cover that technology. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just like in your last you could, podcast.
3: Yeah. Why yeah. do third-party payers pay for vasectomies? I, I don't remember. They pay for vasectomies because then that means it's... Oh, right, you don't have any more children. There's no more yeah, children. It's so no less expenditure burns. and insurance cost for, or your yeah, claim because yeah. they're not paying for children with it. Yeah. So right. that's what it comes down to. So that's where I tell people that The problem becomes is there's a lot of new technology coming out and added manufacturing, so we can start printing sockets Mm -hmm. and things faster. But we're a niche field, so that's 3D printing. 3D printing, yep, yep. So there's think about 3D printing sockets. If I could make a socket that only has to last every six months, because I can reprint, 3D print print one cheaper for you. You print another one. So there's a lot of technology that can go into that. But the big thing is like the technology and a lot of the materials are now coming of age, right when everybody's looking to cut healthcare costs. It's mm-hmm. all about cutting healthcare costs. Right. And right. so it's 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 difficult and, and probably even, mm-hmm. I used to give kind of just my, from my side from engineering, we'd give kind of examples. Okay, here's a prosthesis. It's got to be replaced every so many years. Um, but there's a lot of physiatrists I work with. They'd have to go through these lifetime assessments mm-hmm. to essentially try to show this is what the healthcare costs of this person will be for this number of years. And then there's a whole another world out there of, like, actuaries on the insurance side that they try to figure out what's the value of you losing your pinky value versus your thumb. Mm-hmm. You know, they've kind of got number values to all this stuff, so.
0: Okay, so what does it cost, uh, roughly, to manufacture a, uh, a knee-ankle prosthesis that that's adaptive?
3: So a knee-ankle prosthesis with a microprocessor unit, we're yep. probably talking fifty to $75,000. They do wow. even more than that in some of them.
0: So that's a car. Yep.
3: Yeah. And the, yep. part that's of awesome. the problem with it, and it's like, it, and don't think that it's the the local process that you're working with. You know, They're not making all the money on this, mm-hmm. right? Right. If you start to think about it, Autobach, OSER, some of these other companies that make these microprocessor needs, it's just like, it's kind of like the drug industry, right? You got to spend so much money. On R&D. To get this R&D, to get it developed. Right. And then you're going to turn around and you're going to sell <coughs> hundreds of them, mm-hmm. not Tens of thousands of them, right? Yeah. So the cost right. is always higher on some of this stuff.
0: Yeah, and it's not like the Tesla where people are going to need a car. <laughs> right. Okay, so right. so you're going to make a electric version of that car with all the bells and whistles so they'll yeah. pay you the money yeah. instead of Chevrolet.
1: You could potentially go without a prosthesis of some sort unless it's, you know. Well, life-
3: even beyond that is in the field of prosthetics, right, I'm making prosthetics for the people that need them. Yeah, It's not like you come out with a, a really nice new prosthesis and people are going to be wanting to go and have an amputation so they can have the prosthesis. You can't generate right, your market. right? So you're your, your right. servicing the market But that's you can
1: position yourself. That's what I'm hearing. If you're telling me that uh, insurance and government is wanting to move away from normal, everyday people getting prosthetics, mm-hmm. you would have to reposition yourself as a company to market towards higher-earning people that could Correct. literally just yeah, pay. Yeah, there, there's there, a
0: problem you, there. There's uh, a, yeah. People who use prosthetics are not normal, everyday people in the mm-hmm. U S Un- right. Unfortunately, not higher earners. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're not higher earners. So, so you got a niche market and you got a niche market that predominantly has third party insurance as their primary healthcare provider. So you're already kind of at a corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not like uh continuous glucose monitors. Okay. So uh continuous glucose monitors. So these are the uh, glucose monitors that diabetics wear. Now a lot of normal people wear for very good reasons uh, that came out and and used to it was what eight to twelve thousand dollars for a pump and mm-hmm. continuous glucose monitor setup mm-hmm. and 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 still a good setup is going to be in the thousands of dollars yeah. but there were enough cash payers to drive a the Libre three technology to drive the uh, basically the uh, coming out of a technology that is actually affordable. And it's yeah. like mm-hmm. 75 bucks a month. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was the cash pay market that drove that. When
1: you're talking about these, um,
0: microprocessor
1: controlled mm-hmm. appendages that you're building, do these eventually in- interface and link up with things like Elon are working on like the Neuralink? Uh, not, this is, this is Doc's yeah, question. Yeah. Then not yet, yeah, but they'll because- be looking
3: at it because right now, most everything you see microprocessor controlled mm-hmm. is going to be passive. Okay. Right. So, it's essentially using it's trying to time the leg so you can be more efficient in your walk. Now, we do have the power knee and a few others that are coming out. that are actually powered units. Okay. That are actually no longer passive. That are actually putting energy into the system as they're helping propel forward.
1: So when you when you're talking about a passive process, where do, where does that how does that work?
3: Okay. So a passive mm-hmm. process might you know some of the basic microprocessors and knees that started out. Mm-hmm. Passive process just in the step, if you go to take a step and you stumble Mm -hmm. with your knee not completely extended, normally you'd fall to the ground. Mm -hmm. With a microprocessor knee, it knows the position it's at. It knows it doesn't want you to buckle, so it'll actually catch, allow you to catch yourself, regain your stride, and keep walking. Um, So that's kind of where the passive stuff starts. But you're you're
1: telling me passive is is non-powered, right?
3: Passive is non-powered. I mean, it's powered. There's a microprocessor. Yeah. Um, so, for example, if it's a hydraulic unit, it's going to have little valves that are okay. controlled with little motors, Okay. but we're not actually actively pumping any hydraulic fluid, right? So you use the valves to try to stop so people don't buckle yeah. when they stumble. Um, you can try to get some bounce off of it, but most of the time when we're talking about passive legs, you know, that passive prosthesis can help you walk more efficiently, will help keep you from stumbling can help you go downstairs. You can use that energy to go down the stairs, but you can't go up with it. You have to have some sort of power source, though, right? Like yeah. If you're, if you're
1: actuating but, valves. Well, there's
3: or, a battery, okay, but I'm okay, saying there's no input in it. So the input okay. is like if I'm walking up the stairs, if, I, if my left leg was amputated and I'm going up the stairs, I'm going to take a step with my right leg up every time and bring my prosthesis up. Okay. I can't put the prosthesis on the step and have it help power me do up. The yeah, the do the work. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do the work.
0: All right. I, I see what you're
1: saying.
3: Yeah, it's now.
0: terribly interesting. Yeah, really it's like good. it's like when the knee detects that it's going up, it mm-hmm. causes the ankle to bend. Mm-hmm. And, and when when does that
1: singularity? You think, in your opinion, happen with uh, oh, you neuralink create the market? Neuralink, and but, I think with
3: a lot of these things, things, the same thing with three D printing, any new technology, right? You, you the, the adage always before was the uncanny valley, right? So you've got you got the early adopters. You've got to be able to, you know, and then people are going to realize, wait, this isn't performing as well as you thought it would. Mm-hmm. Going to drop off, so you got to get something to help bridge you across that gap. Okay, being I mean, the early adopters, kind of what he's talking about with the the Libra system. That you got to get enough people that are paying for the technology up front mm-hmm. to show that it works, and then people adopt it and kind of move it over there. And, and a lot of I, I kind of my kids are all in the in a space, and you talk about space travel, and um, Neil deGrasse Tyson was one that always talked about. Elon Musk and space, SpaceX, it's a phenomenal what he's doing, mm-hmm. right? But you talk to a lot of the aerospace and astrophysicists, like, yeah, we've kind of been there and done that, right? Yeah. Okay, there's a lot of cool things he's doing to make it cheaper, more affordable.
1: Yeah, and But essentially attention. was
3: going to the orbit, right? That, that's been done. That's been proven by the government. So the <laughs> he's problem, done what Tiger Woods has done for golf. Like, he's right. brought it into <clears> a So the, a the line point line. is, yeah. for you then to get back to the moon or move to Mars, yes. right, you need to have a government agency or someone that pools their efforts and shows it's possible and gets it done once. You have to have a model in place first mm-hmm. before someone else can take that model and try to figure out if there's a business model to make money on it. So I think yeah. that relates to additive manufacturing, 3D printing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the diabetic monitoring systems, prosthetics, anything. It's like you've got to have somebody that gets out there on the frontier, shows that it works, somebody has to do it, mm-hmm. show that it's possible. And then after that, you can start crunching the numbers and figuring out how to make it it's more so efficient true. and profitable something to move out to the masses.
1: Somebody's like, oh, this is, this is something I need. I didn't know I needed it, but now it, yeah. it's, it's an everyday um, thing. Right. Late, late now, 90s, early
3: 2000s. Um, part of the cycling of prosthetics, um, just to be perfectly blunt with it, it follows wars. Yeah. Right? I see mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, World War II happens. I think for very good reasons. World War II yeah. happens. We had a lot of veterans, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, we're going to put you on these prosthetic devices that are post-Civil War technology. And then you look at it. We had a lot of the researchers from Germany, right? We had rocket scientists were brought up. but they also brought over a lot of because we went over to Germany. They had a large population from World War One, and well, one of the Nazis things they had talked about, <laughs> and they started looking at, it like, wait a minute, you're having everybody in America after World War Two walk around with a lot of belts and straps holding on. Why are there all these guys in Germany walk around in these suction sockets, mm-hmm. right? So you bring that technology over. Then you first start having a lot of plastics and new advancements in. Prosthetics comes out from DuPont post-Vietnam War, right? So you kind of go through that cycle. Desert Storm, was a war, but it was kind of very one-sided. There wasn't a whole lot going on right. on the side, right? And then we had a, a period of time where there was a lot of kind of talking about the uh, demographic of people we're dealing with, the, the niche that they can't always support themselves. There were a lot of state governments at that point that were trying to say, well, you know what, it's more cost-effective. We'll just give you a pair of crutches. Mm-hmm. Instead of giving a prosthesis. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that stopped is because there was a big movement of other people supporting it. But a lot of people just, you can publicize that. Like, all I'm asking for is a l- basic leg that everybody else can have to just get up and walk. Help. Yeah, And trying to explain to many people, if anybody's injured your leg, walking on crutches sucks.
1: Yeah. Oh, you, it you hurts. Lose
3: complete, well, you lose complete use of your hands. Yeah, true. Yeah, At that point. Right? So people don't realize the fact that if you're on crutches now, now you're not talking about just somebody, yeah, you can get around. But now you're not able to use your hands. You're not carrying things. You're not helping out with stuff. So there's a big pushback with that, and there's some you know good media, um, independent media, similar to like podcasters, right before podcasting got popular. But they started making little videos of you know these commercials you throw out. That, you know, somebody coming in and having to turn their leg in, and they're passing them you know crutches back across the counter. You know, it's just it's not a good image. So I was able to fight that, push that through, and then I think what really saved that also was with um, Iraq and Afghanistan, having a lot of guys come back, just bringing, again, public knowledge to a lot of things going on.
1: were a big factor in those wars. And
3: you'll see leaps in, you know, um, I don't remember the exact terminology, but you can have like, you can either have the trickle effect with technology, right? You can mm-hmm. turn a little by little, or you can kind of have these aha moments with leaps and bounds.
1: Which usually correlates with warfare.
3: Correlates with, you know, in the, in the case of prosthetics, maybe we had mm-hmm. microprocessor knees and all this stuff. And all, you're coming back. We had some microprocessor knees that were starting to get into power knees. We're talking about having things that are waterproof. Yeah. There were things that like, oh, well, we're not going to pay for those. Third-party payers wouldn't pay them for an average citizen. When the vets were coming back, it's like, no, they're in an environment. They're doing a lot of things. They need this. Mm -hmm. Veterans were able to get that technology. There's enough veterans on that technology now that they've shown that it's a benefit. And now you can actually have that trickle back down to the general population.
1: So the advancement of guns and prosthetics –
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks to warfare, yeah. yeah, yeah, Oh, okay. And hobbyist, there's no hobbyist prosthetics, true, out there, you know. And and whereas there is hobbyist robotics, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But but I don't see anybody posting on the Thingiverse anything about prosthetics.
3: There's some, I mean, they have the, the robot. The problem is even some of the stuff they've shown that you, hey, you can 3D print this and they'll put it on the kid and they'll think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you go back and see, they don't want really use it. Right. Kind of cool. They, and part of what we're learning too in, in prosthetics now, especially kids, but even adults now, is we can't just assume that you want a leg that looks like a leg. Right? Right. You give people the power to have some independent choices in this. Yeah. And you ask the kid, okay, you're going to have to wear this plastic brace. They don't want you want work. this plastic brace? What if we put a Spider-Man on it? Huh? Yeah. Now you right? Them yeah. oh, now I can wear Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know I'm. We're, we've got to make you a prosthetic leg. Do you want this cover on it that kind of makes it look like a leg, but people are going to look at it and think that does it,
1: something off about you know, and it? And yeah. that kind
3: of goes back to um, when you look at it, it's like you're better off. Just not making it huh. try to look human because mm-hmm. there's nothing scarier than like a bad android that's trying to be human. Yeah, yes. you, you right? put a badass superhero on. Right, on anybody it. can detect. Yeah. that. that's like that's not human. That's a bad attempt at being a human. Right, right. So then you talk about we're doing lamination with sockets. You've got you know guys that are in the Marines. they will get the Marines logo on it. Um, we can put a Texas flag and lamination in the socket. You know, just something that essentially people then at that point, um, kind of like an expressive culture. Right, Chance and I talked a little bit on the way over. Just uh-huh. about, you know with. Um tattoos seem to be much more prevalent in common space now than they were. Yeah, 20, for very years good ago, reason, right?
0: yeah. by the way. We we haven't got into that, but mm-hmm. very okay. good reason. Okay. Um what about
1: your your um not your upbringing, but your foray into this? You told me you started at, at a clinical level before your engineering. No, part. I did engineering first. Okay, okay.
3: So I did engineering first, I uh, got my engineering degree. I was always a kid that kind of tinkered, wanted to work on stuff, was big into Legos, building stuff, you know. Uh put myself through college remodeling stuff for people, building decks for people. And um I really liked the idea of when I learned about prosthetics and like this is the perfect field for me because it's like it's medicine that I enjoyed, mm-hmm. but yet it's I'm tinkering and making individual devices for people. Sure. Um so I get into the field working and I found is it's interesting I look back at it and think there's a lot of things that maybe you'd want to do different, but I really like the field that I'm in because I've got a lot of engineer friends that I talk to and they've moved on and changed to something else because they get tired of sitting in a cubicle, crunching numbers all day. Yeah. Right? Um, I know some of the guys in medicine, right? They just get tired of the monotony of just seeing patients every 15 minutes because you got to churn people through. Right. I'm in a niche program where it's I'm making a prosthesis, but I could make the same prosthetic knee and foot every day for the next 30 years but every one of those are going to be tailored and made to that that patient specifically.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Right, so
3: we're not building widgets. Everything I do is one off. Mm-hmm. Um, and just talking about technology that's really kind of merged together. Years ago, I was looking around for a 3D scanner. Right, we want to start? We want to start scanning our patients instead of taking this casting technique. Yeah. Right. The problem is, scanners cost ten to fifteen grand. Okay. What was interesting is you talked to like scanning company and say can you give me a scanner that's, uh, for lack of a technical term, can you give me a shittier scanner, (laughs) right? I don't Mm -hmm. need to be in microns. Give me something that measures within millimeters. Uh And they're like, why would you want to do that? There's no reason to make a scanner that's not that specific. So it wasn't until the structure scanner came out that you can put on your iPad that you can actually scan. And funny thing was, a lot of people said, no, it didn't work, but yet you could scan a room for real estate figure out the dimensions for interior decorating. We could scan a patient's limb, and it's within a millimeter or so, so we can actually use that. So we're actually good enough. Point. And it's yeah. interesting is now the technology advances so fast, you can't. It, you know, you can't really spend a lot of money jumping into one system, right? Because now we're on the verge of the new iPhones that their cameras were actually able to 3D scan using the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Right, So that's not perfected yet, but within five years we'll be at the point where you're scanning. The, that
1: $15,000 scanner is now in the palm of your hand. Yeah,
3: that, and that $15,000 scanner you're still going to want to use if you're scanning for auto parts and things that you have to be like that precise on. Sure. But for the, the what we're needing to do that works great.
1: Well, you were telling me I'll basically finish and complete it up
3: to like 90%? Yeah, so the, what I talk about is um, – was telling Chance, we we're talking about the, the problem nowadays. Um, this is right the part where I feel like I'm getting old. <laughs> when I went through school, it's like you got your, your bachelor's degree, you typically had to go out in the field and get some experience before you went back to, went, went to Northwestern. But there was other schools you go back for their master's program or their certificate program, and you get your certification for prosthetics and orthotics. You have to do a residency and then mm. you sit for your boards. Mm. So, usually, it's like most people that were becoming prosthetists and orthodists had actually been making the things. Right, they knew how to turn a wrench. Yeah, they knew how to make the device. And at that point, just looking at some of the numbers, it was a male-dominated field. Right, eighty percent or more, just like with engineering, mostly men. It's now kind of flipped to where it's a true clinical master's program, and they're showing now that they're having like sixty to seventy percent applicants being females, which is not a problem with being female or male. But what I'm finding is the younger population; a lot of people are coming straight out of school from bachelors, going straight into the master's program. And clinically, they can make some judgment on things, but they don't have the basic hand skills on how to make it. So, we'll get a lot of people asking, Chris, can you make this process of this component, this component? And it's like, just to make it easy to understand, it, no, you can't do that because this is a square peg and that's a round hole. Right. <laughs> right. You should know that you right. can't use yeah. those two components to link together. And even to the point where um, we have, uh, I, I listen to, to Mike Rowe a lot and he talk about just the skills gap, right? And I'm even seeing it mm-hmm. on a technical side. I'm not asking for people to know how to build houses. But the idea that we actually now have a hand skills dexterity test we use, that's just a bunch of bolts, nuts, and washers to see if people can operate a basic crescent wrench, mm-hmm. a wrench and a screwdriver. And I was telling Chance, it's just the number of people that don't know righty-tighty, lefty-loosey. Mm-hmm. They don't know that a Phillips At, is a plus sign. And these are graduates of, of an
1: engineering. And these are an graduates, <laughs> you know,
3: graduates of, with background of engineering shocking. or science. And I It think is. That's, just, that's shocking. There's some basic understanding knowledge. I think there needs to be a, for all kids that go to college, and I give my kids a hard time about this too, and I try to make sure they're not going to fall in the demographic. You know, I, I, my clock in my car is set to military time. On my mm-hmm. phone, it's a military time. They're like, why, why is it, a, you know, and I said, it's not even military time. It's a 24 hour clock. Yeah, And just trying to get them to understand that there's, there's a different way to look at time, right? Mm-hmm. And not to be mm-hmm. perplexed about it. Try to understand, I don't at least have an understanding complex. of, have yeah. an understanding of what Celsius means versus Fahrenheit, right? We're one of two countries in the world, that are in the, on the Fahrenheit and standard system, yeah. Right? Because we're Americans, us <laughs> in <laughs> Myanmar, we'll measure something with a metric.
1: washing machine before we will in yeah. millimeters or the metric yeah. system,
3: <laughs> right? So metric. I think there's just a lot of basic, and it comes back to um, a lot of when you start breaking it down. We're not asking people to be rocket scientists, in it, but there's with anything you do, I think there's some basic fundamental science, or you call it talk about first principles. Mm-hmm. If you get that foundation, it can kind of help understand a lot of things you're doing. And when you're asking someone, to, to Chance's point, we said about 90%, our model has changed with the cost constraints of insurance companies. Mm-hmm. We can't have every clinician sitting around and making every prosthesis. Right. So now, especially, you know, they would send us a cast. And now with the scanning technology, it makes it even better. Um, I can have people from Oklahoma send me a scan instantaneously to Chicago. Mm-hmm. We can make the prosthetic fitting socket, the device, whatever, send it back to them, do the fitting, they send it back to us, we do the finishing. Okay. And my point to chance was, you're never going to have the leg in the box. If I made you a leg, even being a skilled prosthetist, and I made a leg for you, I've never seen your patient. So the idea that you're going to take this thing out of the box and put it on the patient and, it's a perfect and fit. say it's perfect,
2: yeah.
3: one, I'm going to call bullshit, it's not a perfect fit, and two, I'd tell you, you're, you're, doing, a, you're doing a detriment to your patient because mm-hmm. you should be taking that time to fine-tune it Maybe a little bit, you know, trim the line, trim the edge of the socket so it's more comfortable. Add a pad here. Change the alignment a little bit. Have them walk in different shoes. Have them walk outside in gravel and grass. That's the part I'm talking about. Like, I'm going to, we're consolidating kind of the large fabrication, right? you got an oven, vacuum system, big pieces of equipment that cost money. Mm -hmm. Yep. We can consolidate that, but we need to send you back a product that you need to do the fine tuning. Yeah. And that's going to be, a lot of times, the biggest difference between having the outcomes you need. Cause that's a big thing going forward. I'm sure doc can talk about it is we're not there yet, but everybody's already started about, we need to have fundamental metrics okay. because you got to talk yeah. about your outcomes. That makes, and it may get to a point where the insurance companies are essentially going to pay you on how good your outcomes are for that patient. Yes.
1: Uh, that makes me want to backtrack to the statement that you yeah. made. You said, we're not asking our students or our, our uh, interns or whatever to be, think like a rocket scientist. Mm-hmm. Is that where the mistakes no, are being made? Do you they, think you they, should? No, that maybe that's like okay. Or, or maybe, maybe we should no, start no, no. asking that of so, them so what again. What they need to
3: be. I don't expect you to be a rocket scientist, yeah. but you need to think like a scientist. Yes, right. Yeah. There's basic fundamental things, and another kid. You know, okay. um, I was sharing with Chance, with just CAD CAM. I'm surprised the number of engineering students i have meeting, mm-hmm. biomechanical, industrial engineering. There's a lot of students coming out of programs that really have no CAD experience. Whereas yeah, the old school shocking. CAD, for me, was like, if you're an engineer, you either had to know that's CAD a or you thing. worked on a drafting table, depending yes. on when you came out. Yeah, right? yep. Yep. And what was explained to me was, even if you're never going to CAD something, you need to have enough of an understanding. And this is where I find myself working um, now at a managerial level. I'm working with people, but it's so important that you have the engineering and the clinical background. Mm-hmm. You have to have enough knowledge to call bullshit on someone. Sure. Right. Right. To know that that doesn't look right, right? Yeah. You gotta be able to look at it and say, you know, you don't wanna have another galloping Gertie, right? You remember the, the bridge out in the, was it the Cody oh, Straits? Yeah. Yes. The yeah. wind blowing, because exactly. somebody yeah. didn't bother to look at the wind shear to understand an macro frequency. Right. It would cause this bridge to, bridge to come apart, right? You can't overlook those basic things. So you gotta kind of have an understanding of, and you have to have a knowledge of where you're going or what a good fitting prosthesis should be. Mm-hmm. Right in our field, the big thing too is a good fitting prosthesis doesn't mean that the patient's just not complaining of pain. Right, right. You need right. to be able to go beyond that. They need to be able to function. Need to be able to function. You know, take that extra time repetitively, extra mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, and not create alignment issues. Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, that, I want, that leads me into another question about engineering. And I wish Chance twenty years ago really had the interest in engineering that I do <laughs> now. I love engineering because engineers are in all facets of engineering are the people that take the vision. And turning it into a functioning reality. That's yep. what engineers do on all facets yep. civil, mechanical, Agreed. biomechanical, everything. Um, but the, what you proposed about not asking them to be rocket scientists, engineering seems like it's a, a curriculum that's better in a tech school than it is in like a four year. Now, I haven't yeah. been through all through four years of a university.
3: Right. So, and it depends on what you look at because there's a lot of programs that'll have. Mechanical engineering technology, so it's more of the hands-on. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more of automation engineers, Mm -hmm. mechatronics engineering, uh, one of my sons interested in. Those are fields where it's like you got to be able to get your hands dirty and working and tinkering on on things, Mm -hmm. right? If you're a true electrical engineer, you're kind of working on trying to make that next diode or something work better. You're very working on a theoretical kind of granular layer of one item. And I think to to your point, Chance, when you think of an engineer – I think a lot of people, their perception of engineer is more of a systems engineer, right? More of a project manager. You got to be able to understand like how all the parts are working. Thinking inside the box. And orchestrate, kind of getting everything together. No,
1: I I understand there's a, a dramatic thinking outside the box. But my question is why, if I'm in that field, why do I need to waste my time on like British literature, gender studies, Philosophy. Why do those all need to – do you see where I'm coming
3: from? The only thing I'll tell you in my experience personally, um, that's a difference. A lot of times you being a good engineer Mm -hmm. and being even at a managerial level. Okay. Right? Typically an engineer, you could have the best idea in the world. Yeah. But you could be such an introvert. You have no idea how to communicate your idea to people at a level they would understand why this is applicable to them in their life.
1: So those other curriculums are – Honing in, so it you're, all comes back
3: to. I mean, you guys are sitting in a podcast. So it's on. Chance is great. I think even if you guys never had the podcast. Just the fact that you guys are getting together once a week, talking about stuff. That's the thing. You got to get back to. It's all about communicating, right? You got It's yeah. all communication. Is how it starts with everything, right? You got to yes. start breaking it down and realizing we're not all that. You know, thank God we're different. it would be a boring ass world if we weren't. Yeah, right? exactly. So you got to be able to communicate on a level and, and understand that you're going to have an opinion. I'm going to have an opinion. Everybody's gonna have an opinion. Okay. But when I look at it from the engineering standpoint, is you need to be able to take everybody's opinion, all those things aside, and kind of relate to you earlier. When you try to optimize any system, you go back to engineering triangle. Mm -hmm. Right. So the engineering triangle that I try to explain to people for like insurance companies, right? You get three choices. You can have good health insurance, you can have health insurance that's fast, or you can have health insurance that's cheap. Mm -hmm. You can only pick two of the three. Yep. That's all you get to pick. So if you want really good health insurance, and you want it cheap, it means you're going to be waiting a long time. So that's like the socialized medical system, right? You're going to be you can get good stuff, but you're going to wait in line to get to it, mm-hmm. right? If you want to have really good health insurance and you want it quick, you're going to have to pay for it. That's a PPO or even you know to Doc's mm-hmm. point. You getting to the why did he change his model the way it was because you had enough yep. people out there that were willing to pay. I don't know what the model is, but you know, yeah, you membership add, price. You're what you're doing. I'm going to pay a membership price. I'm assuming, yeah, yep. that like. Doc's gonna give me access to him within forty hours if I call and say yeah. I need to come in and see him. And for it, or a you may not see him, but
1: you're still paying that premium right. to have that. And, te- and I
3: think the big thing, Doc, if you can talk, mm-hmm. I really think techno- telemedicine is going to change a lot. Oh, it already has how things are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it already so has.
1: Your, I think your point is with uh, the four four year university program, mm-hmm. those core courses or the basic courses are helping you become a functional more understanding person. I think so. So and you it's can th- adapt into any, whatever field you go into. Yeah. I just that. want to say
2: gender studies is not one of the core
1: courses you're <laughs> going to need, sir. Actually, it is. It's just not, it's been, not. It's not been convoluted yeah. to yeah. what the hell it is now. The other
3: thing, my son's a senior in high school right now, so we're going through the process mm-hmm. of going to university, seeing their programs, trying to figure out what's best for him. And I won't say it in the university, but it's interesting. There's universities now, they're recognizing, like you're coming to school here to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to expect you to write... A twenty-page, you know,
1: dissertation, dissertation or, or something,
3: yeah. you know, on you know, the you know international something or other, right? Yeah, they've started texturing it to where okay, you need to take technical writing. So we're going to teach you in an English composition course. You're going to get the fundamentals down, but we're going to teach you what you need as an engineer. How do you write reports? Mm-hmm. What how, what is a good report? How do you you know in really what gives is more a Phillips a technical head writing. screwdriver? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: but you don't even need that no more. Yeah. You don't need to learn how to write a good report.
3: Well, and, you just asked Chad. Chat. Ask Chad. Oh, yeah. that,
2: hold on. We cannot go there yet because I have, <laughs> I have, this, whole,
1: I have this whole dedicated thing, um, mm. and now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> but that's
4: you were what talking I, about introverts,
1: and that reminded me. The name of that documentary is called Persona, and it is Persona. these giant corporations that are putting out this Myers-Briggs test, and they are using it. They're selling this shit to corporations that are hiring people. Yes, and there was an instance on there one kid that over and over because he mm-hmm. tested as an introvert. What do you won't Ah, whatever. He tested as an introvert. He kept he would he was not hireable, and he ended up killing himself. Wow. Yeah.
0: So that it's kind of like insurance companies uh, requesting your twenty three and Me results. Oh yeah. Right, some, some sort of a trio or a, not a trio. I mean, surely that doesn't happen. Don't do not give your genetic testing to your insurance company. Don't, just don't do. Don't it. do a genetic test. Period. That's debatable. Yeah. Just ask but your relatives. Just don't give it to. Uh, pay cash for it. Don't give it to your insurance company. Yeah, but somebody's still collecting that data.
1: Yeah. So right. you touched on the thing uh, we were talking earlier, and you okay. said something about tattoos. And uh, why people feel the are or, or feeling the need to have more tattoos and things to identify themselves like that, right? Because he was talking about customizing, yeah, and making absolutely. unique prosthetics. And you said, well, there's a whole new need for yeah uh, the
0: tattooed world that we seem to be living in. Sure, sure. The symbol, yeah. we, we have I a don't need for the, need,
2: the need is the correct word. Yeah, I think I think
0: so. Uh, wow. Okay, so it's come around. Yeah, I mean, y'all know I've been spending a lot of time in John Verveke's Stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of John mm-hmm. Verveke, but he's a cognitive scientist up in like University of Toronto, mm-hmm. puts lectures online, whatnot. Uh, but uh, basically, he also does not have guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I doubt he does. Yeah, I really John not Verveke, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. yeah, yeah. Uh, Squirrel. So, so, so <laughs> right now we're in a kind of a new understanding of cognitive science, uh, what they call four E cognitive science, and I won't go into that. But, mm-hmm. but essentially, it's them recognizing that that we as people have a need for icons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and icons are are symbols that we can connect to on a personal level. Uh, m- much like I don't know. Do you have a tattoo? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I think we all three. do. It. Yeah. 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 And 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 so basically it's symbols that we can connect a whole identity to that we can return to on a regular basis that we might have lost when we lost religion.
2: Okay. I don't know if that's true. I don't <laughs> think I've thought about my tattoo since two days after. I, I got wish it. I hadn't. I didn't have. Maybe mine you anymore. should. I, that's what I, they're yeah, suggesting. I forget they're there. Yeah. Why would I want to think about? I was young and drunk and got a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I uh, well, mean, it
0: didn't have some deep philosophical well, meaning. Uh, okay. You maybe them. you <laughs> want to think <laughs> think long and hard about what symbol would be worthy of getting a tattoo, so such that you thought about it on a regular basis. Well, I
1: have a skull. I haven't a fiery skull on my back. Yeah. and a monster eyeball. That's, I have,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have my kids' initials. Okay, and then like footprints, and 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 I do. in case you get Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. You forget okay. what exactly. the feet <laughs> looks like.
3: Looking in the mirror, forget feel like the kids' names. Great, uh-huh. great movie. You, no, no. You no all, Memento. Memento. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. Um uh, That's a. I
0: don't think I ever watched
1: that. That's
3: a Christopher Nolan movie, isn't it? I don't remember I it. it, is. it is. You know What's the, guys- the premise? Premise is the guy has short-term memory loss mm-hmm. and so he essentially starts photo- writing and tattooing on his body. He uses photographs too, doesn't he? Yeah, and every morning he's having to kind of like read lie, re- re- in the mirror mm-hmm. to understand who he is and where he's gone. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And 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 so, you know, essentially it's what you were saying, it's like yeah, that's, there, there's very good reasons why you should make your prosthesis but there's uh, individualized. There's
1: also a caveat to this, and we talked about yeah, this. Like, we covered
0: way. a lot of ground on the way
1: here. Yeah. Apparently. Thanks to Jack in the Box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had time to discuss it. But there's a caveat to that, too, because I don't care what you say, you judge a book by its cover. Okay. And mostly in regards... That's
0: a a bold assertion, It's not a bold assertion. It's a true
1: assertion. In regards to humanity... Yes, we do. We judge books by its cover. I don't care it's the hard pill to swallow. I don't care how uh, virtuous you think you are. You are judging people by the way they look. Okay. And if somebody... And it's all because of instinctive self-preservation. Yes. If this person looks like yes. a threat. I perceive a threat. I'm going to avoid this person I and agree. move the other way. I don't want to go read this person's Twitter account about how they are suddenly shunned from society and, and everybody treats them poorly and, because of the
0: way they look. Well, maybe it's because of the way you look. And and in the moment, you don't necessarily second guess yourself whenever you do it. Right. No, you just do mm-hmm. it. It's instinctive. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we went to a dance competition uh, last week and we pulled up to Fort Worth Convention Center and we're getting out of the car, and there was an obvious schizo dude. Mm. Okay, schizophrenic, not homeless, patient, not homeless, homeless. Oh. No, we can't call him homeless. Roof, roof right. Houseless? poor, roof, roof poor, poor, roof structural poor. poor. Roof, structural poor. poor. Yep. roof poor, <laughs> hallucinating guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, on the corner that was arguing with himself, and and uh, so our tendency was to proceed very cautiously, and it it's not a my my. Kids are very aware of mental illness and, you know, schizophrenia, quite Mm. frankly, because we talk about it, but, but it was, yeah, it's like we, we formed a judgment and we did not engage with, you know, and you weren't wrong. I don't think so. I don't think so.
2: I don't know. I think you should have pulled your phone out and engaged. Yeah. That would have been some good video. I feel like
0: golly (laughs) there's savage bro coming out maybe like send the wife and kids and then take
2: your phone and turn it to record i think that would have been some good footage bad publicity Uh,
1: have you seen uh like the street in philadelphia and skid row and and the people that are on like fentanyl Mm. and cheese what a lot
0: of that's mental croc was like true mental illness as well it's yeah it's it's heavy drug use and true mental illness illness and I it's it's not necessarily sarah
1: touched on this and it's like upwards of 90 percent of the mental illness is because
0: of drug usage mm. yeah okay and then you have yeah some that are born with it it's a it's a bold claim i'd have to research uh, then myself. you have some
1: yeah some that are born with it or if it's nature and nurture you some that it's are nature and nurture that that's that re- what i feel used as it's it's really really right. s- not surprising but really really sad to see how many uh People are in that situation, and serial well, killers. Uh,
0: okay, but the they base, come from
1: a childhood of abuse.
0: Yeah, but the baseline mental illness drives the drug use. You know. Yeah. So okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah Depression. Yeah. You know. Uh,
1: well. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Um, but we've everybody here has. I mean, this. Look at all the shit over there.
0: Yeah, drugs. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. It's one, one way or another by it's, drugs. It's, I mean it's some sort of intoxication. So. Right. It's, you, a, it's a numbing of, of we're sorts. Not, I wouldn't – well, maybe we we're mentally ill. I don't know. But I wouldn't argue I, I, that we have any experience different uh, from, some, from anybody that could take it the next step. Right. And at any moment,
2: any of us could be an addict.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Hey, very good conversation, actually.
2: I'm a, I'm a steak. Yeah, but yes,
0: there are,
1: yeah, I 100%, 100% agree, yes, there are the people that use the narcotics or the drugs or whatever to cope with whatever illness, mental illness they...
2: illness, right. like
1: <laughs> Podcast name. New word. Milnes. Yep. Milnes. <laughs> yeah, they use it as a coping mechanism. Right. And then they right. become an addict. Right. Uh, but... Normal people,
0: everyday people also have the same potential to become an addict.
1: Yeah, and, and that some happens.
0: Of, some of them do. Yeah. Oh,
4: yeah. Exactly.
0: <clears throat> they, they lose a loved one and then they slip into addiction or mm-hmm. they go through just a tough time. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe uh, they go through a, a job, like they, they lose their sense of careerness. Yeah. You know, and, and they, they get sucked in that way. Mm-hmm.
3: And yeah. Jance, how do you define normal? Yeah, right? Yeah, very good question. But, here's why I'm going with this. Uh, so there's a couple of things. You know, um, Michael Pollan wrote a book. Yeah. Omnivore's Dilemma. He's a lot of others. He's a great of the writer. Book, one of the books in psychedelics I just started reading. but How it, to it, change it, your it, mind. It, the, yep. the abridged version is... For when he was going in to start learning about semi he's one of these journalists that really jumps into the thing and experiences it himself. So he mm-hmm. can give like an experience firsthand.
2: Well, and he was against it when he first yeah, started. First against yeah.
3: Psychedelics. So the first thing he did was started talking about first of all fasting, right? There's there's a lot of stuff out there now that everybody could benefit from intermittent fasting. Intermittent mm-hmm. fasting. Mm-hmm. Yep. He went as further as to say, Okay, if I'm gonna judge psychedelics and everything else, I need to start with a new baseline. Mm-hmm. So he went like something like sixty days with no caffeine. Okay. He said he didn't know who he was. Uh, just
1: from abstaining just from caffeine. Just from abstaining from caffeine. Yeah. You
3: don't realize how different of a person you are. Yeah. Not on caffeine. There's the... Right. There's chance, and there's chance on caffeine. So the normal would right? be our own Organic. perception
1: of a baseline. Like Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but so you're, you're, my is different from yeah. everybody and So your
3: normal might be mm-hmm. the caffeinated, likes whiskey, yeah. you know, type of thing. So I find it very interesting when I listen and reading part of his book and understanding that, like... Uh, I think Jordan Peterson talked about this too. So you got to understand kind of what, how these things and things that are affecting you and like what really normal is.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, but there's also a boundary to cross, right? Mm-hmm. If from using a psychedelic as a therapeutic to shitting in the streets and rambling like a madman.
0: Well, <laughs> don't, don't confuse the definition of psych, psychedelic.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Is it psychedelic or psychotropics? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because okay. One of the things he touches on is that, um, and there's a group out now doing it. They're using I think they have to go to Mexico or somewhere to do it. Ayahuasca.
0: Ayahuasca, oh, ayahuasca, ayahuasca. Together, yep. yeah.
3: So they're really working on rewiring your brain to help with PTSD. Yeah. Uh, Ron White, mm-hmm.
1: the comedian, got clean yeah. by ayahuasca treatments. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, you're going to puke your guts. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe
1: I'm, I'm, cr- uh, I'm, uh, I'm making assertions that psychedelic uh, – What's uh, I guess narcotics would be the best. Well, w- d- okay. The so most
0: detrimental. Maybe psychotropic. Tropics are, is actually the the correct descriptor. Describe psychotropic. So psychotropic is like caffeine, or okay. it's like heroin. Okay. You know, it's something that that immediately changes your your psychochemistry or your neurochemistry. Ooh, that's you a good question. Stop coffee?
2: No, that's no, a good saying, question. Do point. we have more people addicted to heroin or caffeine in the America? Caffeine. Definitely caffeine.
1: A caffeine. A Thousand times over. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah but is it's obvious when you're addicted
0: to heroin. I, right. my guess is uh, caffeine is the most common neurotropic. Interesting. Interesting. Probably
3: for sure. We should do and second psychotropic. After that, and Sorry. after that would be would be nicotine, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Probably. Ooh, we should yeah. Do a right, week. So the only you know, the hard thing be the only difference between fentanyl and nicotine is that, you know, the typical smoker, it takes you X number of years for it to take effect yeah. to kind of kill yourself. Whereas unfortunately with and I don't know enough about the fentanyl. I just know it's a problem mm-hmm. in a lot of areas. There's yeah. fentanyl that are problems. Oh, a, Crystal meth's a problem. And yeah, I'm, it's opioid. Even, it's yeah. a high addiction. Even, even in Chicago, the suburbs, you know, you think of, of these suburban kids, if you've got a great life, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of kids having problems with heroin. Yeah. Yeah.
2: drugs. Getting away with fentanyl. So the yeah. problem is drugs are illegal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but but you, they're, they're, people are
3: still obtaining them. What? Just like you know, you mean you
2: can make something illegal and people still get it. <laughs> I think
3: the only difference we you had to wow. define your definition of legal because to me legal is only the way that the government's found a way to tax it. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Mm. You right?
1: can't. That's that's cannabis, that's the cannabis is not
3: legal. Yeah, the medical dispensaries. Yeah, uh-huh. but because they found a way they could tax regulate it, it and regulate yeah. it. Yeah, that's the problem. That's that's exactly why
1: cannabis is not legal on a federal level is because they can mm-hmm. never keep up with the individual growth. Everybody growing shit in their closet or yeah. out in their little garden. Government can't keep up with it. But just think it. of That's the
2: just think of the amount that they could keep up with. Yeah. They would make quadrillions of mm-hmm. dollars. Oh, um a I talked year. to after four years of Colorado
1: having legalized yeah. weed, in uh, Pagosa Springs, that county alone alone put twelve million dollars into their school system yeah. from
0: Tax revenue from, from ma- no marijuana. marijuana. Yet, yet a lot of Coloradoans uh, would rather it not be legal.
1: Then you have the conundrum of now you have a stone society and people walking around. The thing is, it's still illegal to be intoxicated in public, yes. whether you're drunk or high on heroin or high right. on marijuana. Right. Yeah.
0: But it's not an easy problem.
1: Which I'd argue know. is a new concept. Figure out. So
3: what, what? It's a new concept. What? Right, you go back 200 years? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know, like, most people were not say drunk, but they were buzzed most of the time, right? Yeah, because yeah. it was you were based on having fermented drinks. Yeah, for oh, preservation. Yeah, you yeah. Didn't have refrigeration or else. So. Exactly. Yeah, it's a very huh. good point. That is a really good mm. point, yeah. huh?
0: So everybody just caffeine in the morning, marijuana in the evening. Okay, so, so <laughs> out of this comes uh, kind of what Joe Rogan does with a sober October. Yeah, just taking a period of time that you kind of. Dry out, you kind of see what your baseline is and I think we should all do a week we, without caffeine and come
1: and, <laughs> and report back on the mm-hmm. next podcast episode.
2: We're all happy
3: this Sunday, <laughs> yeah, next no. Sunday, we're like, <laughs> <laughs> like we, you not know, a couple of times I've you know been sick for a few days. Like even just a couple of days, you start having headaches and I'm thinking, man, I'm just, am i getting sick. Yeah, no, I just having any caffeine. No, it's
2: and there's a yep. mental fog that mm-hmm. definitely goes with that. I think that. I could probably do it because I only have like one two Shh. cups of coffee a day max. I, Okay, I'm, it, I'm up for I the challenge, but most of the day. I don't want. To I'm up for pooping. the
0: challenge, but I I don't think it's worth. it. Not only it. that, I like having my regular morning poops, <laughs> and it may be worth. it. Damn it, it coffee <laughs> makes those happen, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's uh the amount of caffeine that we actually take is quite a bit compared to like
3: 50 years ago, right? Hmm. A cup of coffee. Remember, I just remember. First to start drinking coffee, you're looking at the recommended. You need you know, a tablespoon per coffee. Mm-hmm. But what's a cup of coffee? Because when you start to look at it, a yeah. cup is not eight ounces.
1: No, it's a, like a 12-ounce. A cup ounce. was like five. No, oh, a cup, no, a, a, a cup a, used to be six five,
3: five or six ounces. Six ounces is a cup, yes. right yeah, So I, mean, I think it's funny. I can't 12 remember. Ounces what was the movie the we one. watched recently? 16. Mm-hmm. With my kids, is one of these where really, you know, the person went back in time traveling, and you know, kind of surprised. like People walk around, and you know, we get 20-ounce cups of coffee. Like, yeah. That's not a cup of coffee.
1: No, you're you're you drinking a... Two days worth. That's 250 milligrams of caffeine, basically, and drip. And let's think about Europe. They mostly have a, an espresso uh right. regimen. A drip coffee contains like four times the espre- uh, caffeine espresso caffeine content as an espresso. Yeah. So yeah, if two cups, two 12 ounce cups of coffee. I'm using 12 ounces as a reference because it's like everything is 12. I hours. take
0: 24 to work with me. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> That's, yeah. so you're you're 500 milligrams in the morning of caffeine basically. Yeah. So every yeah. weekend So you would you would have a very hard time if you abstained from caffeine right now. Yeah I've done it for a few days.
0: Yeah, it's not I fun. Don't think so. but, but
1: I mean, if the Europeans made coffee, they do a longo or uh, you know a long shot of espresso or espresso, and then just more water with that, so yep. it dilutes mm-hmm. it down. Whereas yep. drip coffee is a constant.
3: I don't think you can put coffee in there either, because I know my wife is guilty of it. A lot of teachers, my kids have, mm. they drink five six diet cokes a day. Yeah. Yes, that's yes. That's that's yeah, Drinks
2: are full of it. Yeah.
3: You think Man, uh, you I think wonder school how you... shootings
2: are bad now. Take the teachers
0: <laughs> oh, off a high oh, <laughs> too, too soon, bro, too soon.
3: Oh, did you see I, that the I uh... went through
0: residency, that's how I did it.
3: Yeah. The yeah. Kentucky well, thing. So my, my oh, biggest no. fear you talk about going through residency. Uh, good family friend, mm-hmm. their daughter, unfortunately she she's going to be okay, I think. But just to hear I I this was news to me that there's a I'm saying a large population, but there's a much larger population than I knew of that mm-hmm college students are essentially using cocaine when it comes times for finals big stress moments because they're feeling that they need to have that I mean, i'm i thinking my old school is to me it's like that's why i started drinking coffee yeah well, one cocaine's coffee, coming back awake. yeah but, that's but, just it, it was adderall. now i was yeah. gonna say
1: adderall it seemed to be what's worse cocaine or adderall probably coke <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah
0: Uh, All right. I guess we
2: better do a week long test on that too. Okay. It's going to be a really fast podcast next week. All right. Yeah.
0: I'm going to hand you an eight ball of Coke, but, but okay. Dose that appropriately.
1: Oh, true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what Adderall would do.
0: Right. And, and so it's a stimulant. Yeah. Yeah. And and just, and, and I'm not saying Adderall is the same thing as Coke, (laughs) uh, it, and that it's an
1: amphetamine though i mean it is an amphetamine yeah, it's a time released amphetamine right what mm-hmm. what people call speed mm-hmm. yeah that's a that's a that's a that's one to ponder like cocaine has a bad reputation because of the the way it was perceived in public right but then you have a an fda approved pharmaceutical
0: that probably does just as much long term damage it, well, it falls into the same conversation we've been having about drugs. Yeah. Or, or any neurotrophic, neurotropic. Yeah. let it say caffeine or
3: cocaine.
1: Cocaine. Cocaine. Okay, cocaine. I it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Which, well, you know, go back to, why well, is it called Coca-Cola? They, they had cocaine. They had cocaine. So yeah. this goes back to, I think, <clears throat> the righty righty, tidy, lefty loosey Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be, didn't matter, should we done it in high school, right? First of all, how many kids don't know how to do a budget? They don't right. have a balance checkbook. They've never written a check, right? And maybe checks are going to go away or whatever. But just the concept of that—you know—you need to know basic life skills, and one of those life skills should be: these drugs are bad. Yeah, these drugs are highly addictive. You don't try them once because you're screwed. Right, right, right. So it's it's almost like you're not. But I think everybody almost gets feared that like there's a difference. I think of we're not going to say in is okay. I think, but the problem is you need to educate people on it because mm-hmm. how many kids? And that's what I feel a lot of the. Area around us, a lot of the kids. It's almost like they're doing this to try to get away with something. I think sometimes, or try and do something different sure. against something the Something rebellious, yeah. Right, something rebellious. But I wonder if they truly knew, and that's the hard part. How do you explain to a teenager and get them to understand that this is the truth? This <sighs> really, yeah, is the, what the it side is. Side
1: effects and the long term effects. Well, I know. Well, just I in general, if...
3: I'm just thinking about as far as you know, you give them basic life skills, right? You know, oh, yeah, have yeah. a budget, don't go in debt stay away from you know smoke weed of, if you're yeah. gonna do it but don't be doing yeah. heroin because you can get addicted to, you yeah. know, the first time yeah, you but try I, it
2: i don't think that they in need to do that in school i think that's parents jobs i have. I don't, a, I don't want some stranger no, you right i have,
3: have the
1: answer to about. that question what um what wow. is the is it just a regular health class where you have to watch the baby being born vaginally and all that is
3: no i think he's got a good point but i think it almost maybe there's a niche that you need to have this ngo right you need to have a You know, I don't know what used to have, right? I mean, used to be the parents. You had your church you went to. You had the yeah, yeah, American Legion, the Rotary Club. You know, some of these basic fraternal organizations that are not still around. Yeah, right. Yeah, they have something like that to where it's like, okay, parents, we're going to come and teach you about. Mm -hmm.
1: No, I have the easiest solution ever. You just make sophomore level kids watch Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there you go. That's it. They'll never touch drugs in their life. That's a good (laughs) one. Yeah. (laughs) Not like anything like the but the reality, reality of
0: drugs yeah. and addiction,
1: yeah. right there. Starts it's, off with a little glorification and yeah. then dwindles, and then you're into the spiral and all the fallout. Instead, we just give them a dog. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm not seen that. I was going to say train spotting, but
1: that's a good yeah. one, too. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of the harsh realities. Mm. Uh, you have to watch Requiem for a Dream and do it okay. in a happy state of mind. <laughs> Don't, if you've had a bad day or a bad week, just. Wait until you're in a better state of mind.
0: Well, and maybe it doesn't even have to be that one, but there's a, you know, just maybe watching real movies, Mm -hmm. you know, movies that paint the harsher reality with your kids. Oh, yeah. There's good documentaries. Is is not a bad idea. Oh,
1: man. When the meth epidemic was bad, Montana had uh, really graphic commercials. One commercial Uh, I remember. announcement
3: type commercials.
1: Yes. uh, remember this girl was strung out in a bathroom stall, Waiting for the next John in line to come uh-huh. rape her, so she could get money to go buy more, more, yeah. uh, more meth, and it, it was very, very graphic. So it's a
3: little more graphic than the egg in the frying pan. Saying, a little this bit is more, brain yeah. yeah That's your brain. That's a waste of a good egg. <laughs>
0: yeah. we, we were sitting at the Jordan Peterson talk, and somebody asked a question. Uh, okay, how sh- how should you talk ab- about porn with your twelve year old? What did he say? I don't remember. You don't remember? No. He, he said, well, you should watch it with them <laughs> and, and then you should have a conversation about uh, it. You should have a conversation about it.
1: Like, Today's porn or maybe the old Skinamax.
2: I don't remember him saying that, but I disagree with him if he I did don't that. think that – oh, no, no, yeah. no, no. It's not a step I've taken. God, not, how, no. But no way. I don't remember him saying that.
0: Yeah, but but it's kind of connected to what we're saying is like, yeah, you, you're a young person. You need to expose them yeah, to the harsh realities years old. of life.
3: Yeah. yeah. The only thing I've heard about that is – I can't remember who was talking about it. But the biggest problem with that is it's the desensitization of it, right? Yeah. yes. You yes. sit and watch mm-hmm. porn. Well, I'm not saying things, you should no, 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 sit and no, watch, saying, but you need but to say... Trying to talk about why kids should not watch... Why shouldn't I watch porn? Because right. then it's, you know, okay, you can look at it. Right. You've got this desensitization. Then you're dehumanizing the person. It's 100%. And, you know, that. Yeah, absolutely. But you
2: always start off with <clears throat> softcore missionary style. <laughs> and then you end up with donkey shows in Mexico. Well, well here's
0: the problem. <laughs> that sounds like a personal
2: uh, no, uh, it's adventure. Just, it's just you, facts. And now we you have an epidemic
0: of young men who don't leave their apartment to... Find women. Yeah, and plummeting
1: testosterone. Well, they don't have basically. to, and Plummeting no. testosterone. Yeah.
0: So, so it, it, the consequences may even be more profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, or show
1: them a depiction of a 25-year-old man with a 2,500-square-foot house, a boat. Oh, maybe like positive psychology. Yeah. Yeah. This man did not fornicate and blah, 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 and make stupid decisions until he was of age to make wise choices. Mm-hmm. And then show them the depiction of a man that had sex at seventeen. And he's got five five kids and an old lady that hates him, and living in a single wide. Mm, yeah. Uh,
3: Speaking of the mature enough, you know, there's I think there's been a lot of talk over the years, but even recently, and especially COVID coming along, mm-hmm. right? There's there's been talk. Of, there's a couple of ways I've heard about it. You need to, you know, I think Austria and some of the places like when you finish secondary <laughs> school you have to do like a year or two worth of military service or Mm -hmm. some type of Mm
0: -hmm. governmental,
3: you know, aid service. Then you go to college. Yeah. There was also a lot, I think think during the COVID time, a lot of people were taken and it's like, okay, go ahead and apply for the college, Mm -hmm. get accepted, and then have your gap year, right? Take time off. I think there's something to be said for kids these days that you need to almost have that couple years in life Mm -hmm. to figure out what you're doing. Not a bad thought. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I feel like you know. Yeah. Probably all of us. You know, if you went to college or not, or whatever you're doing, if you waited till you were, everybody here probably agree. When by the time you were 25, you saw the world a little different than you did when you were 18. Well, Yeah. True. Sure. Yeah. Well, Most just like definitely. Doc, he's a doctor. Yeah. But his yeah. whole
2: life, he thought he was going to be a band director. Yeah. yeah. And to the point, he was like, well, I'm going to be a doctor.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I um in in college graduated yeah, in college. You know, yeah. My my mother was an educator. My father was a farmer. So. I obviously had more interested in interest in farming and agriculture, not so much in education. But so at that point, it's like, well, I'll just go to college and maybe I'll figure it out. I never mm-hmm. did figure it out. Never had a. Mm-hmm. And now at like thirty five, I kind of start discovering this path that mm-hmm. it really really interests me. That will and it's it's an engineering path and a, com, a like a construction path. To, I wish I had that mentality.
0: I thought you were going to say ago. stay at home mom. <laughs> That's my job right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but for whatever reason, you did not. And, and, well, learning really is lifelong if we it just really is. let mm-hmm. it be.
1: So I don't know. That's a yeah. subjective thing. Maybe that two years is enough for somebody to figure yeah, it maybe, out. Maybe. But maybe I think the difference,
3: what I felt like, you know, in 91 when I went to college. Yeah. Right. Right. Screw things up. You're two years out of college. I'm, what, 10, 15 grand in debt? Yeah. Yeah, Nowadays, was, yeah. you know, you take two years to figure it out and you don't want it. Yeah. Now you've got $800,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, but the, the, the number, stakes are a little higher. Yeah. The right. Stakes are higher, but I,
0: I think there are marketable solutions. That's what we were talking about before when we were talking about the Libre and mm-hmm. when we were talking about electric vehicles. There there are marketable solutions that are coming. And, and one is that Peterson University or the uh development of what they're calling the metaversity. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what it's gonna be is uh programs that you don't take through a university, but you sign up for you it's credentialed and and
3: you're doing it all on you know remotely. Yeah. 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 I think that's one of the big things you hit there is credentialing. Yeah. Right? Cause now that's- you gotta have something the public that they feel safe that you can do it because I've seen many things right you know going back to that zip line drone right the the kid that came up with it they said it's not going to happen he was a kid out of Uganda essentially from watching YouTube videos Mm -hmm. figured out enough how to fix MRI machines so he went around all the local hospitals volunteering to fix his MRI machines for free. Yeah. Keeps doing all this all of a sudden he gets traction he gets reputation to this next thing you know they're paying him to go to Harvard or wherever he went for college so it's like you know, he goes to college, comes back, it's got those things. But then you wonder a lot of times, I know Stanford has them, Purdue offers them. There's a lot of MIT, there's a lot of classes you can right. take for free. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. Learn the material. Absolutely. Okay. But then you got to pay for it to get that certificate to it. So I think it goes back to, you know, like, again, not to go back full circle, like with Mike Rowe and a lot of the stuff he's talking about, do you have uh-huh. to go to college or not? There's got to be a way to, because I even found in the engineering circles, a lot of the traditional, I went biomechanical engineering, but a lot of tra- traditional mechanical engineers, they all came out to work for Ford, GM, hmm. GE, and the funny thing was if you looked at all those, those big three, those engineers, you came in as a junior program and as a junior leadership program. You signed up, if you worked for GE for five years, they would train you to be an engineer because they felt like most of the students coming out of school for engineering, you got some basic fundamentals, but you don't really know right, yeah. engineering, and they're having to train them kind of to their system and how it works. Sure. So, I think the problem is it's just everybody, there needs to be some general system that people yeah. follow. You know, kind of like I remember I, the early days of like LinkedIn, they talked about people getting jobs, job offers just from their LinkedIn profiles of mm-hmm. like where they've worked, things they've done with, mm-hmm. people they've worked with. I mean, I think coding and computer engineering, computer software is a big field that's helped that in the sense that they don't really care if you have an engineering degree or, or a degree in general or not, right? They just want to know. What project have you worked on? Do you have people that can kind of speak for you? Yeah, and you got good skills. So, yep. If there is some way, and I've heard multiple ways talking about oh. this. If there is some kind of like, you're blue ribbon certified to really know what the hell you're doing, it would be to nice. hire you right away.
0: Yeah, I my hope is it's coming. Uh, mm. But then I always harp on on this, and then it comes up quite often actually. Uh, okay, if you if you want to work for a corporation, you need a degree. Mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yep. But if you want to change the world, you just need to know what you're doing. Yeah.
3: And don't work for a corporation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't work for a corporation. You become boxed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so hopefully with, with big thinkers, we're actually putting some fire under this idea that it's about what you know. Yeah. It's, it's not about what letter you have behind your name. Mm-hmm. I say, I say this having letters behind my name, but
3: yeah. And Trey, you know, it always goes back to trying to, trying to live it, you know, try to live things for my kids and have them not learn from, I won't say my mistakes, but learn from the same things I learned from. Don't start uh-huh. from scratch, right? And that's one of the big things we talked about in prosthetics is a lot of it was so much you had to, before CAD and a lot of digital technology, we would take a plaster mold of someone's leg and you had to sit there and hand sculpt it. Mm. So the idea to get somebody to hand sculpt something, you're talking five years plus, Yeah. right? And then yeah. how are you going to hand that off to someone else? It would take some five years working underneath you to get you to that. Right. So we've seen with the digital age now. Okay, let's say Doc's experienced prosthetist, and you're coming in now to work with them. All I'm going to do is I'm going to scan the patient's limb from the from the raw data. I'll scan what Doc says is a finished, good fitting socket, and you can analyze it too and come up with fundamental patterns. Mm-hmm. So now, chance when you come in, you're like, look, this patient. You know, I want a Doc brim number three, right? it seems like this would work. At least it gets you to a starting point Mm -hmm. and then you got to adapt it from there. So there's a lot of ways I think digital can help. You don't have to relearn everything. Right. A a, a better starting point. Okay. Yeah. With it to go forward. So, you know, I think with our kids, it's, it's again, they got to learn what's a, what comes down to what's a, what, what value do you have? Right. Yeah. Right. Cause it kind of, he talked about, I had to teach my kids early on and I'm even learning it myself now that, corporations are not necessarily there. They're going to tell you that they're there to innovate, mm. but a true corporation is not there to innovate. Right. A true corporation is buying up other people's ideas that they right. want to innovate it on and we're going to squeeze and, and make it that. more they're profitable more. Yep. and capital on it. Right. Oh, that's what about educating? But That comes down to just basic understanding for sure. no basic economics. Like, so what
1: about educating at a analog level? Like, yeah, digitalization has made everything easier and mm-hmm. more accessible, but mm-hmm. there's that analog fundamental. Like, you talk about engineers coming in and using a drafting board versus CAD. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that, that,
3: was a, that was a generation before me. It was like you had, to, you had to know how to use a drafting table. Why, why isn't that? that it was not, hard to adapt CAD. Now that you've got CAD, you know, the problem now is people are wanting to move on beyond CAD and you're not really drafting in CAD. You want yeah. to pull from the library of objects.
1: That's okay. So, why not have a year worth of. Um, you just an analog uh, drafting board, educating board, on that. You should So a good yeah.
3: example is uh, one of my wife's cousins, finance major, gets a good job with ITW in Chicago, and he just happens to get under a you know some senior vice president or somebody as assistant for the summer. Mm-hmm. And this guy tells him, says, "Look, there's a lot of things you can do for me, but I'm going to do one thing for you." He said, "I want you to sit down and so his whole goal for that summer working under him." you're going to learn how to use Microsoft Excel. Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. like, okay. He goes, no, not from the menus. You're not going to know it. You can't use the menu. You need to learn all the shortcuts, all the Mm keystrokes to all this stuff. Right. He ended up mastering Excel because this one guy essentially told him how to do it and what you need to do. Well, the next step was all of a sudden he's made a a career every summer after that. Like he's the guy that people want Mm -hmm. to come work with him because he's got this mastered skill. Now that moves on to now he's in finance and then you're using Power BI and other stuff to crunch numbers, but he understands the basics. Yeah. How everything operates. And that's the only thing I would say with CAD. Going back to your draft, you are saying drafting tables. Mm -hmm. The biggest difference I feel, people are like, oh, what CAD program do you use? You know, they're all the same. Yeah. They all use the same basic kernel program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The difference is is learning, and it could be done analog or it can be done on a computer. But the idea is you need to learn how to physically think about an object and how you're going to get there,
1: right? The critical thinking part.
3: So if I want to make a prosthetic socket, it's essentially a cylinder with a dome end on it, mm-hmm. right? You want to start doing cutaways. There's there's different ways to think about it. So a lot of it's more the process of thinking how are you going to start with a raw object mm-hmm. and get where you need to go.
1: That's... Um there's there's a reason I asked that too, but let me let me talk about it from my point of view with mm-hmm. uh, audio engineering. Okay. Like this is all fine and dandy. I can get through most of it. There's still a lot to learn, mm-hmm. but if I had the time and the money to invest in learning the the old ways of analog and tape mm-hmm. recording and those old mixing consoles, mm-hmm. then my knowledge of digital software would be tenfold of what mm-hmm. I know now right. because I I learned those old analog core fundamentals. So, I was at up in Indiana when we were visiting some of Sarah's other relatives. There was a guy there and this guy trains um, new incoming pilots for these big jetliners. And he said, right. we have a bad, bad situation of these new pilots coming out of training and they can't handle critical thinking. Like They can punch all right. the buttons. They can use all the electronics. Everything's there except for the, the actual emergency the critical thinking. Yeah. He's like, it's a goat. He, I'm like, why the hell do I ever want to be on a jetliner again? He's like, it's a really good question, but it's going to be – it's it's a bad decade coming up for the commercial airline uh-huh. industry.
0: Hopefully, jets just come a long way, right? <sighs> you got to hope so. That's, yeah. Uh, again, that's like – Push a, button flying. That's like an analog yeah. core fundamental. Like, Forget all the fun electronic shit that's on the plane – how do you fly the plane yeah. to begin mm-hmm. with? <laughs> there will always be nidus to go back and, and learn more. I'm, I'm in an Excel course right now. Yeah. Myself, my partner, and my practice manager, we're all taking the same one. Yeah. B- because, yeah, we missed something essential. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm.
1: But that's, uh, I guess, the other point of, of my question is, right. why is that not like a core curriculum to begin with? Just well, it would have been analytics. nice.
3: Yeah, it yeah. would have been nice. But mm. we didn't get it. I guess... Yeah, and even then, it's not Excel, right? Right. It's just the logic behind setting up something. So a lot of it is... Data (laughs) sets. To Mm -hmm. Doc's point, let me digress a little bit. Some of the biggest problems I've run across with engineering, they'll give me a big data set and they'll say, can we work with this? I'm like, yeah, I can make something up that we're going to have to figure out how to move the data around Mm -hmm. and we can get to that, but it's going to take a lot of man hours and a lot of time to do it. It's going to be very expensive. Mm -hmm. Or... If you would have come to me and said, this is the data set, this is what we're looking to explore, and then we work on setting the data up so it's captured properly right. from the beginning so it's able to be mined later for much easier. So a lot of that, I think, is, it's, it's not even you know, Microsoft Excel because everybody knows Microsoft's a big giant... It's a streamlining thing. But it's just yeah. the basic spreadsheet functions, right? And a lot of it I talked about, not to get bored people, Microsoft Excel, but I've made a living just knowing enough because mm-hmm. there's so many people that don't know anything, mm. right? So if you know, if then statements, if you can do mm-hmm. V lookups, you take big, large piles of data, you pivot tables yeah, you're already and a lot way, of it, way above, but my... a lot of it's even so automated to Doc's point. It's like, you don't, you need to understand the basic concept of how it works mm-hmm. and then they have buttons on there. that you just click and there's graphical user interface uh-huh. and you kind of answer some questions and it'll put your data out for you. Okay. And it'll say, is this what you're looking for? Or you can change it to say, okay, what happens if I look at it as a pie graph instead of a bar graph mm-hmm. and you can flip through those things really easily. So the key to this is, I think, like with DocTime offers practice. If you can get to the point where you need to get a dashboard that essentially your data comes in, you punch it, and it's easily for you to look at and understand what it is. Mm-hmm. So you can see that are we missing codes that we should be billing? Is there reimbursement we're leaving on the table? Are there better outcomes? You yeah. Know, you know, you start. You know, that, that's the crazy thing. I'm, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole with you guys with AI. Yeah, I'm not even so much AI, just big data. There's a lot to be said for. So the problem now, which is,
1: includes AI, right? right?
3: So what we've been doing is I, I set up a lot of surveys um, over the years. And we're collecting all this data. Now, the problem is we've got years worth of data yeah. on every amputee, right? And, it, and then it gets into the whole question of does the amputee own the data? Is it our data? Who's, you know, whose data mm-hmm. it is, right? But from my look at it from an engineering standpoint, we've got all this data. And I'm like, okay, what do you want to do with it, right? Everybody wants to talk about they want to make better outcomes and all that. But the hard part is, I don't think AI is essentially going to be throwing data together and have a computer just analyze, looking for patterns, mm-hmm. right? That's what I think a lot of the stock markets do. They're just trying to find some pattern that, right. Oh, if it rains in Texas, the price of wheat in Russia drops, mm-hmm. right? So you try to hit those patterns. Uh, when you're talking about with healthcare and some of this stuff, I don't know the AI is in there, but that's a big fear, but he has, right? That AI starts encroaching on your privacy. You know, mm-hmm. then you start talking about, you know, too many things are automated. Can somebody hack in and they're launching nuclear weapons? Oh, it's a yeah. big question. Crazy stuff, right? Big, big questions. Or uh, I'm sure you guys have seen yep. what you guys were talking about earlier. Like you, the chat, you said Chad. There's like another some yeah. AI sites you go, yeah, and it'll essentially like write papers for you, right? There's things that like yeah, G-rated that's Chad. music, yeah, okay, some of that stuff. So, but I think there there is something for that. That unfortunately, just our brains, Amer- humans are good at analyzing patterns. Right, because like you just said, I, I can analyze very quickly to know, is that a threat in the bush? that something, the lion's going to come kill me? Yeah. Or is it just a rustle in the wind? Right. Right, so we're good at catching patterns. The problem is now with our day-to-day world of having, you know, are you doing what you want to do in a day, or are you just doing what your iPhone's telling you to do in a day?
0: Yeah. Right. It's
3: so structured, right? We're, the one I heard the other day was the problem is uh, toxic productivity. Yeah. It's like the new I would agree. generation. Like, and I see it with my kids. It's like they can't just ever sit idle. Right, just do stuff. It's like they got to be something doing something, right? There. Yeah. And there's got to be a way we get away from that. that yeah. it could easily lead into toxic productivity. All right. Listen, I yes, read sir. an
1: article that was like the most reassuring article that I, I've I've read in a long time, and it said the number of dumb phones is on the rise amongst Gen Z. <laughs> so really? There's hope after all. Wow. Gen Z is going to lead us
3: away from so a flip lot of people phone coming back to just. The, I want a flip phone to make phone calls on phone them, calls, and, and
1: of course, you, then you go back to the old. <laughs> Numbers <laughs> for texting, yeah. but uh, yeah, uh,
3: that's it. Hmm. I know we're going to, it's crazy. I used to think I hate carrying one. And I was like, why would I want to carry two? Right. Right. But we're getting to the point now where essentially everybody on my team, we're going to start carrying two phones. You need to have your personal phone and your work phone. Because your work phone, because you got to set your work phone that only rings between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. if you're a manager. Okay. And much less if you're just an employee of the company. There, we got to get back to, and I on Apple TV, there's, been a show about or whatever. but It's like you you got to get that split. Okay, so the work between fund, work life—that's for your benefit. Work life, yeah. and family life balance. Right? Yes, and I think that is was one of the biggest travesties of COVID. Yeah, is now everybody's working from home. It's great. You're not, yeah. you know, you're in essential, central employee. You've got a job. You can work from home. You can Zoom.
1: But there's no delineation. Well,
3: but guess what? I'm central time zone. I was having so many more requests for meetings at six p.m. Mm-hmm. Because people are like, oh, well, you know, I'm at home doing stuff or whatever, but, you know, this is when I can get to it. And so it's the whole idea of this. You either got to come up with, you just have to have a certain amount of work you need to accomplish in the month. that You get paid for and I don't care when you do it, which I think a lot of software engineers do work that way. Um, Or it's got to be a straight, you know what, because if you don't, and it's the easiest way is to have that company phone. Because if I just, too hard to try to tell people to block on their phone and block who's calling. Yeah. But it's got to be. Going back to teaching people that, no, there's a, there's a time that I'm Chris, the manager at work, and there's the time that I'm the Chris, the father at home. Yeah. Hugely. And anymore. there's got to be in boundaries yeah. that people yeah. need to honor.
1: So the two-phone system will enable that.
3: Well, yeah, cause Theoretically. Yeah. Because we talked about it before. Like, if you had two phones, you can just have your your work phone just forwarded to your personal phone and all this stuff. And you know what's just easier? Just go back to two phones.
1: Farmers don't get that luxury. Right. We get the three-in-the-morning phone call from the sheriff's department. Your cow is out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm calling Heath or Kara. (laughs) Uh, All right, well, let's wrap it up. I want to wrap it up on one little topic that we're all fun and passionate about. And uh, Chris is also a disciple of cast iron pans.
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I saw this (sighs) this headline pop up that um, this person was talking about the use of cast iron pans and how it imparts iron into our... uh, Yeah, I've talked about that for years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but this person happened to be a vegan. What? Oh, yeah. Obviously, they're roasting yeah. vegetables. Cook, cook in your cast broccoli like,
0: and uh, cast not, iron fin. Yeah, right? no more. They yeah.
1: can't because they got feelings. Yep, yep. broccoli has feelings. It screams yeah. when you cut it off. <gasps> you know? But that's—I'm like—you're so close. You're at the cast iron level. Mm-hmm. You're almost right. there.
0: Right. <laughs> almost there. <laughs> throw some butter on. and beef. Throw in some. <laughs> throw some rabbit in yeah.
1: there. You got to be oiling that pan with something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then from oil, then. Maybe sear some chicken. You know, yeah. I don't know. Like, the almost, I'm, just I'm, step over that thread. I'm thinking a
0: rehabilitation program for vegans, <laughs> and that is uh, we go butcher rabbits. <laughs> yeah? You Maybe know, it's like we'll start, with, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. just start with the cute little cuddly, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's like if you can do that, you can conquer the world. You really could, yeah. Right. <laughs> tell, tell me about the rabbits, George.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which way did you go, George?
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: I think that's a good place to end up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was of mice and men reference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is George, uh, John Steinbeck. Yep. Right? Yep, yep. 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 Uh,
1: I've never read of mice and men. Oh, it's great. I've it's only great. watched the movies. Obviously. Well, that's, that's great yeah. too. No, uh, yeah. I take that back. I have had read it, but the movies stood out because George Sinise in the movie. Yes. Yep. yep. And, uh, mm. was it Randy Quaid? I think so. A... No,
3: I think so.
0: Yeah. I think mm. it was Randy Quaid. a giant dude. Yeah. 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 And then East of Eden's also a good one. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. Um, we we read the book. The, yeah, we read yeah. the book. Have you ever read
1: East of Eden? East of Eden, yeah. It's with the, John. the two brothers. It's a John Steinbeck. Yeah, yeah John Steinbeck.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. I was book. just
0: talking to Chad about uh, East of Eden. Oh, I got to go see Chad yeah. on Wednesday. Because I just... Uh, no, no, no. I No, he's not Chad talking GBT. about our
2: Chad. He's talking about his... Chat, the chat bot. which we might yeah. need to have an uh, intervention. With Doc. <laughs> I know, right? Really referring to an AI now as a oh, It's worse than cards. that. He looked at me Sunday and goes, "Man, I'm sorry, but I think he's my new best friend." <laughs> I had a I had a mm, yeah.
1: question that I wanted to propose, and I didn't know if I should ask it or not. On, yeah, it'd tonight's. probably be a long.
3: Also, <sighs> well, that point, you're saying your new best friend. You found it was interesting is uh. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Let me get this straight. Can you remember which Mars rover it was? There was a Mars rover. and it was Discovery. Uh huh. It's on. the this thing's driving around, it's beyond its service, right? Two-year service, 10 years going on. People are following it on Twitter every day, seeing it, its post every day. And here it was, you know, 10 years out, people had been following it. And the day that, like, the rover died, the batteries, you know, just could solar out. power yep. gave out. Yep. People shed tears. Mm-hmm. So now the yeah. question becomes if you can have an emotional attachment to a Rover on Ro- Mars. Rover on Mars. Okay.
0: Right. That may or may not, not even away. be true because yeah. <laughs> it could just be some video and some... <laughs> right. I don't know how
1: to get a Rover on Mars when the Earth is flat. But uh-huh. I started
3: thinking about that and then I, for me, my kids now, they have a... Uh, what do you call it, The Oculus? They'll do the yes. VR stuff. Yeah. So they're yeah. playing... Uh, oh, what is the game? Yeah. Uh, the one that you try to find... Bee the, Saver? No, no, you try to find the... If you're the conspirator or whatever among us, oh yeah, among yeah. us, they're yeah, playing. Yes. That's a fun little game. And my wife knows it's so funny because like they used to, they're playing with their cousins in New Jersey. They're like, oh, it's nice you get them. Next uh-huh. thing you know, it's like, oh, who's this? Who's who's Chance? Oh, he's Gavin's friend down the street in New Jersey. You're talking about. The next thing you know, they're like, oh, there's this other kid. It gets on. We play together. He's from Japan. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you know, my fear yep. immediately goes up. Like okay, they say they're kids from Japan and kids from yeah. Ohio or whatever. But they may not be. Right. They're like, oh, that's Brittany.
2: And then you get on there and listen to him. He's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, you so should constantly be fear,
2: vigilant right? about your kids you online. You want to
1: have a tea party? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the question I wanted to propose uh, is, well, I don't know if it's a question or a statement, but you know, we always talk about <clears throat> an alien invasion or something that unites the world and unites mm-hmm. the classes. And there's one big... Mm-hmm now apparent object. Are we talking that,
2: about south of the border aliens or? <laughs> no, outer
1: space. Man. Oh, okay. Okay. love that. <laughs> the ones come in, you know, from the, from, from from the, the, flat, from the flat sky. sky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Through the chemtrails. Then
1: the chemtrails into <laughs> the water and the frogs are gay and then they come out through the frogs. Yes. Anyways. Yeah. It's, uh, is a world uniting enemy an alien or is it big tech and AI?
0: I think
3: they're working on both. Hmm. Or is it a disease? Or is it? Uh, no? I don't yeah. think it's disease. <laughs> you we've know, seen that. Yeah, we've seen that. that. Just <laughs> made everything worse. Well, you think that you know? Hopefully, just you know, the whole China Russia scare would be enough. You know, they start invading Taiwan and the stuff going on. Is that enough to unite? But yeah, World War Three. Yeah.
2: So, no. are you saying we need another Hitler? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Are you saying no. that? I don't. I don't or,
0: think we know that. I think they're working on the. If alien it comes thing. in the form of, I don't know. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm seeing. I'm seeing. Uh, need the zombie
3: apocalypse
1: since you need. Yeah, but the, I
3: mean, you could argue
1: right now those zombies yeah, exist. The
3: fentanyl yeah. zombies. Yeah, the fentanyl zombies or the hell, those
1: cell phone zombies. The cell phone zombies. But yeah, is that enemies you think? I've seen leftists like now turning their backs on big uh,
0: tech companies, which is astonishing. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. So I don't know. I don't know. Wait, the future shall tell. Mm. Uh, and and hopefully, long form discussion comes around to the degree that we're actually just all sitting around listening to ourselves talk in long form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and if
1: aliens do come, we just tell them to take all the vegans.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or feed them some rabbit. That's yeah. yeah, that's fine. Look at this happy little hippity-hoppity
1: fucker here. You can eat that. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> the only thing I would tell you, Chance, that Neil deGrasse Tyson spoke once on it. Talking about it, if you think about it, I think we have like 97% of the same G- DNA as a chimpanzee, mm-hmm. right? Um, what about the comparison to a banana? Okay, well then they said with an earthworm, yeah, we have 93% of the same DNA. So, only 7% yep. of the DNA that separates us. We can't, can't communicate with earthworms. <laughs> so, the idea that an alien race is going to come and invade us, yeah, they would have to be, I'm assuming, much more intelligent than we are. So, then the whole idea of like, how would you be able to communicate with them or even understand them?
1: There's a really good movie about that right. called Arrival. And, right. it's, and it's through oh, mathematics yeah. and numbers. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: They speak in like circular. Because
1: you, you, cause you think a civilized uh, society has to have some sort of structure mm-hmm. through mathematics, something like
0: that. Okay. I, so, I got one for you. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it seems that all these UFOs like have lights. A civilization advanced enough to have a UFO does not need a light. Well, if you listen to. I mean, um, your Escalade doesn't need lights now. Right. right, no, it doesn't. No, I've got <laughs> this thermal, thermal, imaging. Vision, thermal yeah. imaging. So I've never understood that about UFOs. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Well, a Bob, the Bob Lazar guy says, no,
1: they have an anti-gravity field, and that's that's the only way they are propelled. And there's there's nothing indicating other than uh, whatever alloy they're made out of that it's a UFO. Yeah, or a, an alien craft. But he, that guy's <sighs> frighteningly believable. What do you what do you think about space aliens? You think they're out there? I think
3: it's ignorant to say they're not out there. If I you think talk so. about Artificial, you know, intelligent life. I mean, you talk about just now with the James Webb telescope and those was getting up there, there's more galaxies than we thought there were. Mm, discovering
1: just, yeah. black holes within just I mean, you, you, know, go, you just, just start going to the, right
3: use the numbers. It's kind of arrogant on our part to think that we're the, the, the only rock ones. In, the, in the universe. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Have Have you listened to uh, Joe Rogan and Eric Weinstein?
1: Oh, yeah, a couple Recently? of them. Which one? No, not the recent one. I okay, listen to the recent one. Okay.
0: 'Cause it, it makes your bullshit meter go up. Does it? Yeah. That's kind of man, that doesn't make me listen to it. Bullshit meter about what? I don't know. There's something funny going on. Yeah, but what but that, that's that's as far as it goes. There's something funny going on. With what though? Everything with, in general? No, with uh UFO uh
1: The recent like everything the disclosure. Yeah, disclosures with the government. Yeah. The government's like here. Here's everything we have on UFOs, and 90% of it is redacted.
2: Yeah, it's 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 quite ridiculous. Well, it doesn't matter. Even if it wasn't, two weeks from now, we'd stop talking about it and move on to something else. That's <laughs> yeah. about our American just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like Because yeah, all this UFO talk, all of a sudden nothing.
0: Yep, there's your 10 seconds of optimism with Savage Bro. So
1: yep. your uh, bullshit-o-meter, is it going up and in the aspects that it may be uh, government distracting us from something or the government concealing something.
2: No, that's why all the train wrecks started, because they're (laughs) trying to hide the actual UFO stuff. that and uh, balloons. I
1: didn't know this, but he told me a fact about that balloon that literally flew across the the damn country. The
3: instrument unit was like... Hundred yards long. Yeah, yeah. from the what? picture of
2: it, you think yeah. the instrument unit looks is like this table. Yeah, no, you yeah. didn't it's see the one, the one that when it was laying on the ground. That's when yeah. I seen it. He
3: part. says it's like the size of a football field. Yeah,
2: it's what? huge. But it was just somebody's home project. No, that was a no, that was a different one in Michigan. <laughs> oh. This one was
1: definitely a Chinese spy balloon. But they let it fly from Alaska to
3: Georgia. Is that where really? they wanted to make sure went over the Atlantic so it wouldn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Hurt
2: anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then
3: Could have killed one farmer's cow in Wyoming.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. I love it.
2: I thought last spot was a good spot. It is now,
1: but <laughs> oh, okay. thanks for listening, Chris. Thanks for being on with us. <laughs> yeah. It's thank been a good one. Uh thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you on the next one. Good night. Adios.
0: been listening to the Whiskey Bros around the table. con los hermanos Whisky.